Hey, what's up, guys? It's your good buddy Brent here. I just wanted to check in for the podcast and tell you guys about Audible. So Audible is a really awesome service where you can download from hundreds of thousands of audiobooks. And they got everything. They got sci-fi. They got mysteries. They've got romance books. They got everything. So definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, temporarily, you can actually get a free trial over at audibletrial.com backslash sticker fridge so go check that out get yourself a uh, free book uh, 30-day free trial it's awesome you can listen to uh, all sorts of books it's great so yeah without further ado enjoy this episode of uh, director showdown Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, the Director Showdown, episode 11. Yep. Oh my god, we made it to 11. We sure did. Yeah, this is That's the crazy. Uh, yeah the season finale of, uh, well, season one, mm-hmm. the Spielberg v. Kubrick. How many did we say that we were, I think it was like seven episodes of what we said at the beginning of the yeah. season. And then like as we started watching them, we were like, well, wait, this movie though, <laughs> uh, oh, we... Well, we'd be remiss not to leave out, you know, like we just kept adding them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we ended it like we kind of had always planned uh, with uh, Spielberg's 2001. uh, Well, not Spielberg's 2001, but the 2001 film, (laughs) AI, Artificial Intelligence. AI. So we chose this one. Well, excuse me. My name's Adam, by the way. Oh, my name's (laughs) Dale. Uh, Brent is not with us anymore. No, this is Brent. That's not a good joke. That's not a good joke. I'll edit that out, but I won't. Uh, Yeah, guys, this is uh, your friendly neighborhood Brent here. And uh, along with us today, we have uh, actually a couple of guests. Uh, We got, uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm I'm John. Um, I'm I'm a guest on this podcast. Uh, Thanks for inviting me on. It's your second time. It is, actually. Yeah. Second yeah. time, second Spielberg movie, too. I'm seeing, a, oh, well, the pattern's over, but, like, two Spielberg movies. Awesome. Yeah, for the first time, right? You hadn't seen Yeah, I hadn't seen, um, yeah, this yeah. one's this one's brand new to me and stuff, so. Hopefully the audio quality this time uh, is, is little, better, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, we should be good. Yeah, this is a pity invite because of how um <laughs> Oh, oh I, got, I got that, actually, yeah. I think you guys told <laughs> well, me no, that. Well, no, and like, you were a great time. guest. Oh, okay, so, awesome. yeah. Well, awesome. you know, that's that's that's, that's second. That's actually. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then our second guest. Hey, it's me. It's Brian. Brian Menard. Hi, guys. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's from, uh, he's part of the Sticker Fridge uh, crew, and uh, mm-hmm. he's got... Uh, He's part of the other podcast. Yeah, the, you might have uh, heard me on the Fan Films, the yeah. Fan Films Movie Club. I'm excited to be here. I listen to you guys' podcast all the time. I'm like, I'm really stoked. Hell Thanks. yeah, man. Yeah, we're uh, really happy to have both you guys on for the kind of final episode here. Mm-hmm. And um, well, yeah, before uh, before we get started, mm-hmm. we like we have this little guest segment thing, and. Um, so Ooh, this is attack journalism right here. Well, I mean, I mean, John, John's experienced this, but maybe how should I do this? How do you how do you feel about um, Kubrick and Spielberg? Like maybe what's your favorite film? 
from each. Yeah, kind of, kind of you know. your your favorite movie by by each of them, each of the and, and maybe yeah. if you have a preference, mm-hmm. kind of who would your preference? Exactly. Be? Yeah. Yo, um, can I go first? Yeah. Okay. Go for it, man. Yeah. So, come, my top two like favorite movies are Jaws and The Shining. So that might kind of give you <laughs> oh, like, <shit. laughs> like a kind of a reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Jaws. Um, it's like a blockbustery thing, and The Shining I can watch almost like every year on Halloween. I kind of just try to watch like horror okay, movies cool. and stuff. Um, um, it, I guess that, does it answer both? Like those? Yeah. Well, who do you prefer? Oh, who do I prefer? Yeah. I mean, you um, got to for that one. You kind of got to take the whole catalog in. So I mean, you yeah, got like yeah, 2001. You got. Uh, I mean, you got Jurassic Park, obviously. Um, oh man! You know. Like last night, I was so excited to come on here, and I was just researching the different directors, and I was looking into it, and I was watching these videos, and I was like, man. I really like Spielberg. He's got this movie and that movie. You know, he's got uh, shit, uh, Jurassic Park and like E.T. Yeah, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And then th- with The Shining or not The Shining with Kubrick, you have you know The Shining and Clockwork Orange. And we, you guys already listed all the movies. You wouldn't watch them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about it, and I think I enjoy watching Spielberg movies more like now. But I think like fifteen, twenty years from now. I think Kubrick is still going to be there. And I think that Spielberg might be more jumping in a time machine. Does that make sense? I, I understand. Where yeah, it's popular now. I definitely, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You're saying that the um, the lasting, like Kubrick, Kubrick has a kind of a lasting place. Kind film. of, I th- mm-hmm. yeah, like kind of what you get out of a Kubrick movie yeah. has a little more lasting impact than like a Spielberg movie. So like Spielberg, mm. Spielberg gives mm. me what I want. And then Kubrick makes me think about what do I want. It's like okay. that. It's yeah. like that argument, with like hamburgers versus uh, escargot, right? Yeah. Did, was that was that a, <laughs> did we talk about that in like the first episode, or was that like know. off oh, so, podcast that we talked about that? No, it was in a podcast, but yeah. like, yeah, essentially, it's like no. Sergio brought that up. That's right. That's in two thousand one. Right. Yeah, yeah. He said that like you know when you go to Spielberg film, you're gonna have a good time, and you're just gonna. It's like having a hamburger. You don't feel like good about it but you're having it but it tastes delicious <laughs> all right yeah. okay <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to frame it so like because i feel good all the time when i have hamburgers yeah, i have no guilt exactly. <laughs> well it's it's that's a good i mean i think that's a that's a pretty good metaphor the one that he kind of brought up i don't think it was escargot i think it was like like a steak versus um like eating a like a nice like medium rare steak versus having like a really good cheeseburger it's mm. like the it's kind of too like both of them. You kind of enjoy for you know, well, different no, reasons. No, it was escargot because it was like an acquired taste kind of thing. Okay, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, you can't just go into a Kubrick film without um, understanding where his mind is at. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to know where he where he is so you can meet him there, and then you can actually enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just going to it blind. You know, just take a bite out of that snail. It's like I, I didn't expect this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. The trick is to eat a snail in one bite. You can't take a bite of a snail. I, yeah, I it's know. like taking a shot. Yeah. It's like you don't just sip the thing. You gotta just all down it all. Take a bite of a snail. One swig. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a good answer. What about you, John? <clears throat> um, I don't know what I said during the um, Close Encounters podcast. Um, I don't think. We had really refined the that yeah the yep. criteria much yeah because I was point. about to say um, I do enjoy both the directors I think I've seen actually um, I, don't, I don't know how many people or how many movies you have seen from both of them or if you've mm-hmm. seen their entire catalog I've only seen like bits and pieces from both of them other than the popular ones I would say I have a little bit more love for 2001 than I do The Shining even though it's kind of like head to head right now so 2001 mm-hmm. would probably be my favorite Kubrick mm-hmm. movie 
Um, as for Spielberg, man, that's that's really tough. Jaws, because but he I, has so yeah, many. he has a lot. Yeah, and it's also his a super variety like on Spielberg. So uh, I don't have uh, to go say uh, uh, quality over uh, quantity. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, eyes wide shut. Um, uh, artificial shut intelligence. I'm so happy you're here, John. I'm so happy you've joined us. <laughs> but continue. I totally like cut you off. Uh, I think I really like uh, AI right now. Actually, like my favorite movie from Spielberg is Jaws, but right now it's kind of overtaking it i mean this is like a first reaction Ooh, okay so like i really do i really enjoyed I th- ai it's pretty awesome that's oh really yeah yeah wow. so that that's like a i'm really glad that we have that viewpoint because <laughs> i mean just just getting into it no no no. like i don't i didn't dislike it at all um but so the last time i saw that i guess we're just getting right into well, it i mean let's, let's, we- <laughs> let's yeah let's let's put on the brakes a little bit okay yeah and, yeah um, for sure the reason why we chose uh, our AI, artificial intelligence, was because like we we we've done um, was it five each, right, from Spielberg and Kubrick, and um, it was interesting to to end the season off of AI because of its background, mm-hmm. um, because Kubrick had originally um, gotten a short story, um, was it something about. The title of the short story oh, was like Super toys, toys, Super Toys. Last right? all summer. Last yeah. all summer long. Yeah. All summer long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he was developing it through like, I think it was the... Late 70s. Late he 70s, got the, yeah. yeah. the rights in the late 70s. And um, he's developing the script, hired a whole bunch of different people, but eventually he just got, he told, hey, Spielberg, you're like, you, this is something yeah. more along... Well, that that's getting that's getting into the 90s now, because yeah. he, was, he was really into where he was like really getting mm-hmm. up there in age, and he... Um, was working with this uh, concept artist who, mm. uh, you know, had worked on graphic novels and all these different things, and he was working with, uh, yeah, with Kubrick on just coming up with the art for the the story, and uh, yeah, he they came up with like th- apparently hundreds, like even thousands of like designs just in concept art, and then when it kind of became apparent that Kubrick was like, I'm not going to be able to do this just for health reasons because this is getting into like mid to late nineties at this point. Um, that's when he contacted Spielberg and said, um, I actually just read like a quote earlier that said like, this is the first time that he kind of talked to Spielberg about an idea that he had and, and kind of approached him to say like, Hey, I think, I think you should do this. Right. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. And then like kind of famously he had turned it down originally. He had said no to it actually. Um, I kind of forgot the, the reasoning, but then after, um, Kubrick passed in what was it ninety nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. At, um, yeah, right yeah, after uh, Eyes Wide Shut. That's yeah. That's when kind of his estate or uh, his family contacted Spielberg and said, "Hey, I really think you know you'd be perfect for this." And <clears throat> and it was fast tracked after that. So yeah, yeah. So essentially, like the reason why I picked it because it's like a synthesis of Spielberg and Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Like it's we wanted to see how a mixture of the two um, directors would would be. You know, yeah, even even and that kind of uh, overtook kind of picking just another great Spielberg movie. We mm. we thought like this would be for this season, like just such a perfect way to end it is mm-hmm. like, here's the kind of amalgamation of like both directors in one kind of piece of art, you know, so, so I think that's definitely why we picked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'll just uh, do a plot summary from uh, yeah. our good friends down at IMDb. And see yes. how uh, this is. This one's written by um, Chris Ma- Makerosopoulos. 
<laughs> and well, I think that's how you pronounce it. Also, I think that's yeah. a Greek. It seems like a Greek last name. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry if I butchered your last name, Chris. But hopefully you didn't butcher this goddamn plot summary. So <laughs> here we go. Fingers I'm always crossed. excited for these, man. I'm always. <laughs> I never know what the fuck they're gonna be. In the not so far future, the polar ice caps have melted, and the resulting rise of the ocean waters has drowned all the coastal cities of the world. Withdrawn to the interior of the continents, the human race keeps advancing, reaching the point of creating realistic robots called mechas to serve them. One of the mecha-producing companies builds David, an artificial kid, which is the first to have real feelings, especially a never-ending love for his quote-unquote mother, Monica. Monica is the woman who adopted him as a substitute for her real son, who remains in cryostasis, stricken by an incurable disease. David is living happily with Monica and her husband, but when their real son returns home after a cure is discovered, his life changes dramatically. Whoa, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going on a little long. Is it going to cover, like, like he kind covered, of the whole movie? He honestly yeah. covered the fucking first 20, 30 minutes of this Sounds like the pitch. <laughs> like, it's like someone yeah. was just, yeah. Because, like, life changes dramatically. That's the last hour and a half of this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it kind of, like, really uh, leaves that leaves. Yeah, that it's more open. of a pitch. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah, it is a lot more of a, a pitch. I like that. That's pretty... That's fine. That's Thanks, Chris Masvoralopoulos. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Yeah, you want to go over kind of general thoughts, and then we'll get into some trivia? Yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, be polite for for guests oh. to go first. I mean, yeah, you wanna you wanna go over it, John? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, some first impressions. Um, like I said, uh, I think I told you all this earlier. Um, I wasn't actually looking forward to watching this movie. It's not a movie that like um, it's not a movie that I would say I avoided, but like I did have access to it many times over the years, and I just chose not to watch it because it didn't look very like at least even the trailer too didn't look very interesting to me like back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, watching it now, it was pretty awesome. It's weird to see. Um, cause there are some, obviously some very obvious, um, which we'll get into later, some very obvious references and some like Kubrick-esque shots and styles that like Spielberg is trying to emulate here. But other than that, like the, the, the quality of the, the way the shots are framed, the, even the CG, which is like, you know, kind of dated now, but even, even then it looks pretty stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way the story goes, it's just, it's pretty awesome. Like it's, it, it's pretty mind-blowing it's really powerful i didn't expect it to be that emotional at the very end which yeah, i kind you of had texted me uh yeah but essentially I'm, I'm kind of uh uh summarizing it but basically yeah i watched it last night teared up at the end and i was like yeah oh, I man, teared, it's gonna be I, awesome to talk about this. yeah i did tear up at the end it was just really i mean because like i don't know everyone kind of likes their mom here so like that scene at the very end was really pretty everyone kind of likes their mom uh kind well, of. there's a laugh from adam <laughs> <laughs> That's because Adam historically hates his mom. That's what are you talking? There's been many records of I'm me least, saying I love my mom. I'm only on this saying podcast. that because she listens, and he definitely. I love you, mom. Loves I know you. you're going to be listening. Hi, <laughs> mom. I, I love you too, mom. <laughs> happy Mother's Day, mom. I made a, I made a bad <laughs> yeah, yeah, happy probably, Mother's Day. Yeah. It's going to be up like right after Mother's Day. Yeah. Seriously, oh, happy awesome. Happy yeah. Mother's Day, Adam's mom. Perfect, perfect movie. Perfect movie. Yeah, for that Mother's Day, kind of right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the movie. Yeah, I didn't expect only a handful of movies actually make me really emotional at the very end um i wish Gar- i would have felt this way for guardians but this oh, is really? also like Ooh. yeah this one for some reason i don't know what hit me it hit pretty hard at the very end and it was really really cool i did not expect i mean we'll talk about that ending later but it, yeah. i guess i did not expect that to go in that direction which is pretty cool i could see that for sure mm-hmm. yeah well yeah. uh what about you yeah. brian how would you oh, how do you man. feel 
Um, I think I think Spielberg did a good job keeping the tone consistent throughout the movie, considering that you know it was someone else's vision that he was trying to bring to life, then like synthesize it with his own. But but overall, I was I don't know. I watched some interview the last night where he was just really defensive about it, and people were like kind of reflecting back and oh, yeah. saying like apologizing for all the bad reviews you know ten years ago. Hmm. Um, and I was like excited to watch it because of that. And I watched it today, and I was just like, it felt like it felt like it didn't give me either of the things that the two directors are known for. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah, like, okay. that's pretty cool. It made me want to watch Minority Report. It made me want to watch 2001 <laughs> again. But this movie was kind of just like this weird gray area where I was like, I don't know. It was just kind of like, how much longer is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm really glad that we have that that viewpoint too. I think. I think I relate to, to kind of both you guys in certain ways, but we'll we'll get into that. I have like really complicated feelings. It's about also this like movie. really just like different from any other Spielberg movie I've seen. Like it doesn't feel like a Spielberg movie. I'm not at least to me it doesn't, doesn't feel like anything. Really. Doesn't feel like a Spielberg movie and then it to the very end it does, I guess like all the sentimental parts, I guess, like which, you know, has already been talked to to death apparently in interviews and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. those sentimental parts are very Spielbergian, if if anything. Uh but I don't know. The rest of the flick felt was re- really weird to me. I guess that's why. Like mm. I just kind of connected to the way that it was kind of off for Spielberg. Right. Off mm. key. There you go. Yeah. But um, what about you, Adam? Mm-hmm. What's your general? General. <laughs> I want to hear this. Come on. Jeez, where do I begin? Um, you can start. That's no, fine. It's a fine movie. Like uh, the tone. I don't know. The tone. The tone felt all over the place. I didn't know like what was was trying to be conveyed and i think that's in part because of the synthesis like it was just kind of like spielberg it's like i'm gonna give i'm gonna give a little bit of spielberg here and then i'm gonna give a little kubrick here and it's just kind of like well i i didn't like it i didn't like mm-hmm. i didn't like the, the, the you did not like the, the push shifting. and the push yeah. and pull between the bleakness and like the optimistic like, yeah kind of point of views it was just mm-hmm. like well let's just like, what are you trying to say here? I don't know. Like, I don't know what I was trying to convey with that. Um, but, I mean, it's it's well shot, and uh, the CGI was good. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. I was like, this looks pretty good for uh, even it? now. Like, mm-hmm. like when you saw all the uh, robots and you saw, like, all the mechanisms coming out of their head stuff. A lot of practical stuff. stuff. It was yeah. cool. That was, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I liked the design of those, right? How they had the memory cube in the center like a the forehead almost like a third eye (laughs) yeah it was like very very beginning Uh sorry i didn't mean go ahead no it's fine um yeah it's like it's too long too i think it was a little too long yeah i mean i'll i'll um does that kind of wrap up what you were thinking or yeah pretty much like i don't really have too much to say okay no i mean yeah i was just gonna kind of piggyback off that because i definitely i agree um too long i think uh it is pretty uneven um, in a lot of places, um, I, I, it's a very different movie in the first 45 minutes or so, like when he's at the house and like that stuff is, is very kind of melodramatic and kind of slow, but I, I really, I actually really like the beginning. Um, and then when it kind of gets into adventure mode, it's just this kind of shift in tone is a little, it's a little strong. It's a little heavy. Um, and then, I mean, we're going to get into the ending, I'm sure, too. But 
Uh, it's like three separate movies in one, almost like yeah. first, second, and third acts are all totally different. Different. It's a very it's Cooper yeah. Cooper thing. Well, yeah. yeah, like the two kind of first half, second half thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty uneven. I mean, the performances are great. The CG, like you said, is is really awesome too. Um, the performance, dude, Haley Joe Osment. Did you guys know that it was his idea to not blink? The yeah. whole movie? Yeah, I looked it up. Oh, my God. It was distracting. It was. Like, why would anyone design a robot to not blink? It, if you're trying yeah. to convince someone that it's how human, was, how teach you how to blink. This, uh, I don't know, probably 10 or 11. Don't listen to fucking 10 or 11 kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I also read that, like, just looking into the trivia stuff, and I was like, I mean, just have them blink. Why not? Yeah, yeah. why not? Like, sure, they're androids, but, like, if they're approaching, like, being... Realism you know, and stuff like that. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, it, like... Yeah, because like, like he's supposed they, to have feelings and shit. You it's know, a like, very they can yeah, like, yeah. yeah come on. And then wouldn't, wouldn't they need to clean off their optical receptors, <laughs> even if they're not eyes? They would need to like wipe them off every once in a while, mm-hmm. right? Like let it blink, let the robot blink. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's like a very old school concept of what a robot should be, like all right. just like stone face and shit like that. And I think that I don't know, but that's it's, where it's jarring because it's not supposed to be old school. Yeah, exactly. That's it's, like I, supposed I guess to so. love and have feelings. True. It's like well. I mean, Blade Runner had androids that had more emotion than absolutely than fucking. Yeah, they were indistinguishable yeah, exactly, yeah. from mm-hmm. from humans. I don't know. I mean, just yeah, to wrap up my thoughts. I mean, it's I don't know, really kind of uneven to me. And like, there are parts that I really, really like. Like, I I I really liked the um, kind of the flesh fair scene. Yeah, cool. There's kind of a lot going on there, and it's really dark and cynical, which I'm sure mm-hmm. we're gonna get into. Um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. The uh, really middle of the road on this one, honestly. But I mean, we didn't pick this one because it was yeah. like this great Spielberg movie. Exactly. We picked it because it's kind of a, a synthesis of the two, and I, I don't think it, I don't think it gelled, you know, as well as maybe Spielberg wanted it to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, well, well, on that note, um, uh, John had brought up the the whole, um, you know, the the cynical and the and the optimistic thing, and on some trivia that I found out about. Um, the f- on that on that aspect of the film was that Spielberg said that all the sentimental parts were written Kubrick, by right? Kubrick yeah. and all the dark stuff was written by him and it's like that's strange to me that's mm-hmm. that's super strange but like I think when I thought about that a little bit more I thought about 2001 a space odyssey because um how you feel sympathy for, you know, like at the end at least. And so it gets a little sentimental with, with how, when he's being, um, his, he's being lobotomized, you know? So I felt like, I mean, I'm extrapolating here. I don't know what Kubrick was going for, but if I had to guess, it was kind of like, again, um, basing it off the patterns that I've seen in his films is that he wanted to show the humanity in this non-human thing, and show the inhumanity of actual humans. Actual humans, yeah. You know, that's what I was thinking, mm-hmm. based off that quote from what mm-hmm. Spielberg said. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Like the, I think there's one scene in particular that is kind of like this whole movie kind of boiled down, and it's it is the the flesh fair scene because that scene is really dark. It's it's really cynical. Like the like you have kind of this mass of people who you can just you can just extrapolate or like that's humanity, 
and they're sitting here and they're watching all these machines who like have personalities and have like lives and they're talking like just a normal person, but they look like machines mm. and they're like cheering for these machines being destroyed. And then the second that, uh, you know, uh, David gets kind of brought up there with Jude law and they're, they kind of quiet a little bit and they like quiet down. And then the guy, you know, uh, what's his name? Brendan Gleeson. Brendan right? Gleeson, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, He's kind of running things. He's like, no, 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 don't be fooled. Uh, We must destroy artificiality. Mm. And then it kind of pivots. It kind of like pivots in like the perspective of between Kubrick to Spielberg because (laughs) because they start basically like they throw like a a fruit or something, the vegetable, whatever. They had legitimate beanbags. That was was a beanbag? Yeah, they're literal beanbags, yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, they start throwing shit at Brennan Gleeson. And they're like, he's a child. He obviously doesn't want to be killed. And then the people turn on him. And like, I thought that was just mm. such a fascinating like microcosm of like both directors because it like pivots. It's very from... strange, but yeah, it's it yeah. was very interesting at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just like these people are just ripping apart mm-hmm. androids yeah. with no, f- you know, with no remorse. Like I didn't give a shit. And then mm-hmm. this kid comes up and it's like, oh no, we're fuck that. Same yeah, because yeah. he, start, well, he starts. He starts like begging uh, for his yeah, life. Begging yeah, begging for his yeah. life. And the lady, uh, you know, in typical on the nose Spielberg fashion, stands yeah. up and is like, "They're not supposed to do that. They've never done that before." Because it's like they're being like they're being like challenged now. It's mm. like it's like well, when these machines like are, do look like you, and when they are indistinguishable from humans, like, are you still going to feel like you want to destroy them? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like you know what the whole movie's trying to kind of mm-hmm. go for. Oh, those humans were crazy. Mm. All the humans in this movie were crazy. Every single one of them. Like, it's, <laughs> the movie started off with, like, global warming has destroyed, like, half the cities on Earth, and, like, the oceans just, like, flooded everything. And, like, the the solution to it is just, like, you're not allowed to have kids anymore. You have to have, like, a license to have kids. And so that's, like, the reasoning behind making these robots, right? It's, like... I don't know if I caught that. To fill, okay. like, the gap in these people's yeah, lives. Yeah, that's how the, uh, the short story was... I read the plot summary and the short story was trying to exemplify that, yeah. But, like, no one seemed upset that they had, like, ruined the world. They were, like, having a good time. In the the conference room at the beginning, they were all just, like, laughing about how they invented sex robots. And they were, like, having a jolly old time. Like, you guys are you guys ruined the fucking planet. Like, is this what <laughs> you're going to make? I guess in the sense is, like, if it's already ruined, why are you going to... It's very, it's very human. Yeah, thing it's to very, do. I mean, I think, do, I think yeah. Rouge City kind of exemplifies yeah. that, too, because it's, like, this super Vegas of just, like just passionate Super like <laughs> yeah it's just like this place where you go and just all your deepest desires like everything there is just like sex and drugs and probably drugs i don't know just more sex and just yeah just all sex. i think what would have helped this movie if he raised it to r like instead of keeping yeah, it i agree down to pg-13 oh, and he removed a lot of the sex scenes that yeah. um, gigolo joe had apparently because ian watson had a bunch of like you know kubrick-esque like sex scenes or something in it and mm-hmm. shit like that and Spielberg is like, nope, not in my movie. He just took those out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love his like introduction though. I think I don't know what that would have added to be honest, because like in his introduction, it it kind of like perfectly sums him up. Like that, I think that's kind of Spielberg's really good at that. Is kind of like character introductions and like you learn everything you need to know about somebody. And like his introduction with like the the woman mm-hmm. who was like obviously like being abused by, by someone, you know, her yeah. Boyfriend well, or that's husband. the thing. It's like. The it was it was inferred. All all those scenes were inferred because Spielberg didn't want to convey that. But when it's explicitly shown, you can actually 
Because, like, if it's inferred, you you do get it, but you don't. it doesn't impact you on an emotional right. level. If you show it True, explicitly, yeah. <clears throat> then you're like, oh, shit, like, this is how scummy this person is. And that's why I would have preferred to have the explicit nature of it. Because, like, the point is kind of just tossed aside, kind of just let let your imagination figure it out. So humans... Yeah. Well, do you, are on the good. Do you think side, that Spielberg yeah. could have actually done that if he if he had the material to do that? Because because like I think like only a handful of people can do that without it being exploitive and like kind of trashy when it comes to like scenes like that. Like I guess like you know because I guess he had Kubrick actually can do that because yeah. like you know he's had mo- movies where he he shows like you know Clockwork Orange and stuff like that where stuff I mean, is just like that. That's a fair point, but it's like I still would have preferred it. Like yeah. I, I get like the it doesn't defeat the point. Because of the con- I constraining, yeah. of I, it. I, you know I, I guess mean? I just I liked the fact that it was it was inferred. It was like that they didn't have to show it; that they can just show kind of the way, like they show the uh, the foreplay. Like that that whole scene was just foreplay, and then it kind of stops when when things are going to get explicit. Because like that whole scene was so great, like just his interplay with her, and like he like like um it like shows how like he starts the fucking music no i would want him banging in a dead chick that'd be pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that i'll tell you that right yeah. now that uh yeah that like he finds the dead girl that like whose husband uh killed like, her. founder yeah or yeah and they're just yeah. framing him for it but um i don't know yeah you guys want to do some some trivia yeah oh trivia do oh, some man. uh i mean <clears throat> it's trivia is kind of all over the place but i mean it's pretty <laughs> pretty interesting um, so we talked about the, uh, the flesh fair a little bit. That band, um, was the, the metal band ministry. Yeah. And it was Stanley Kubrick's idea to include that band in the movie because he was such a big fan of them. Oh, he, he liked I, future kid rock. Yeah. Post-apocalyptic kid rock. That's what I saw. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I literally thought it was Kid Rock at one point. Like, I was just like, that fucking voice. <laughs> it sounded like I was it. just like, that's, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And I was like, wait, what year was this? Oh, 2001? Yeah, that makes sense. So. They were big then. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I was just thinking like, that yeah, that, time. that makes that makes sense. And But it's not Kid Rock, so that's pretty cool. I thought it fit. I like that I like that music more than the rest of the music in the movie. <laughs> really? I love John Williams' score. John Williams' score is pretty, he's like. <sighs> we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to oh. that. Okay, I got some trivia about this. Okay, go yeah, no, go no, no, no. yeah, shared trivia. Okay, shared so trivia, trivia about the score. I read that they finished the movie and the ending was seven minutes long, and then John Williams turned in a thirteen-minute score, and Spielberg was like, "Fuck my ending, let's just extend this thing to thirteen minutes to meet the score." And I listened to it, and the score wasn't good enough for me to just give me a seven-minute ending. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, um, I, I agree, agree with you one hundred percent because. I mean, we're kind of. I guess we're kind of jumping around. Oh, but yeah, like, back in the trivia. Okay, whatever. No, 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 no. no, no. Keep but going, no, yeah. like I want to go on that because, like, my memory of. Okay, so the last time I saw this, I want to say maybe it was like soon after it came out on video, or maybe even in theaters. Maybe in theaters because I was I was young. That I remember the ending, fucking blowing my mind. I was like, <laughs> holy shit, this is insane. We're jumping thousands of years in the future. But watching it this time, I was like, holy shit, this goes on so long, and there is so much. <laughs> exposition and like we're introducing so many fucking new elements here in the very end can you explain Mm -hmm. the ending really quick yeah i mean essentially the ending is uh david and teddy they take the little robo 
uh, what do they call it? I don't know. A super toy. Amphib- amphibious. Know. Amphibious copters. Oh. Copter down, copter down to the bottom of the sea. Um, they get like crushed under a Ferris wheel. And because essentially David wants to meet the blue fairy to turn him into a real boy, basically, because he read Pinocchio. He read Pinocchio. Thinks that's yeah. the, you know, that's life. Um, and so 2000 years pass and I said like technology has ascended to set like a place where it's basically like they're these, they look like aliens. Like I think yeah. as a kid, I thought they were just aliens. I think as a kid, I thought they were aliens too. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like silicone life forms though. They're like, but you see like in their yeah. bodies that it's like tech, like technology right. and wires and all this shit. Um, they're AI. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, what, what the fuck happens after that? They find him frozen, and then they're like, hey, we love they you, David. They explain Jurassic yeah. Park to him. He's unique again, basically, because yeah. he knew he knew humans back when they were actually living, and mm. every human is extinct now and shit like that. Mm. And um, There's a whole sequence of them saying, we need to make you happy. Exactly. And it's kind of weird. It doesn't really, uh, well, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. It, remember, they bring back his mom. They remember what mom. I said? Remember what I said during the, when we were watching it? Yeah. When when he gets, when he's at the bottom of the ocean and he's talking to the blue fairy, and the narrator is like, he would do this over and over again, and it's slowly just like camera, like you know, yeah. comes out, and I was like, end it now, Stephen, Stephen, end this movie now, <laughs> yeah. Stephen, don't you dare go anywhere, Stephen. That's a Kubrick ending, which is like ending it right I there. I know, because yeah. I was like, don't. Don't do anything. Yeah, else. but uh, but yeah. I also I I also can see the jumping so far like the scope because Kubrick doesn't shy away from having a massive scope in some of his movies. Oh yeah, definitely. And so I was like, when it because my memory of the ending was it was a lot shorter. It was like they find him, uh, and then like he meets the fairy, and that's kind of it. But like I totally because as a kid, uh, all that exposition that like the leader the Ben Kingsley one because that was Ben right. Kingsley yeah, yeah. him. Um, was going over. I just totally forgot because that went over my head as a kid because I didn't give a shit. I was just like, oh, this is happening, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just really no, long. See, like, Kubrick didn't know how to end this this movie. Right. And that's what, that was his biggest struggle that's with That's why it. he never really went into production or something like that. Oh, he could right. Have, yeah. And like so, that, yeah. like, Spielberg was like, well, I'm going to make it, Make I'll make the ending to what I want, pretty mm-hmm. much, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you get that long sequence. It wasn't yeah. like a seven-page yeah. short story, right? Yeah. That, that it was based on a seven-page short story. So I wonder like, what the ending for that was. Oh, the ending was that like she she like brings him back to the factory, and he thinks that she loves him or something. Yeah, along those lines. The original short story is like a twist yeah. ending. Like it's a, the twist. En- the twist in that one is that he is a robot, like David or something like that, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then he thinks that he's a real boy. Yeah, and exactly. Then yeah. He just goes back to be like on a destroyed or something, mm-hmm. but he thinks that it's uh, another okay. day with his. So it's like the first something. twenty thirty minutes, kind yeah. of, but with a different ending to the to that part. Mm-hmm. I want to comment on that, like how long the movie is. I guess so, because I guess now that makes sense. Because there was part like when the narrator jumped back in at the very end when. You know, when he's underneath the, uh, in the ocean, like kind of praying to the blue fairy, mm-hmm. the narrator jumps back in, ben, ben Kingsley. I forgot there was a fucking narrator because like the movie had already been right. going on for like two and a half hours. And so I was like, oh, well, I was like, where did this come from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just like, oh, There's I get no it. Someone, yeah. Someone narrated before the credits. Or it's like, it's like, like book endings yeah, because, exactly. or bookends because, um, yeah, because they reveal because the, the lead, lead 
tech robot alien. I don't know what the fuck you call those. <laughs> uh, lead AI. T-1000 whatever. here? Yeah. Like, when he starts talking, I was like, oh, that's the narrator. Yeah. Because, like, that's his voice. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I thought that was, was kind of interesting. But well, let's talk about a little about, about the score, since we brought it up before. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean... I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Like, you know, you know me. I'm like the biggest uh, John Williams slash well, Spielberg I like, apologist. I like, I like John Williams. He's great. But yeah, yeah this one was 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 yeah. weird. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I wrote down I wrote down in the notes, not John Williams' best work. Because <laughs> like, it was like two-thirds through the movie, and I was like, so the music does something really interesting in this one, in that... Typically with his, his themes, you when you listen to it, just by kind of listening to the melody, you can kind of take away like an emotion that that's supposed right. to make mm-hmm. you feel. And in this one, it was kind of uh, clashing a lot of the times. So, like yeah, the absolutely. melody, yeah, like the melody um, would be like optimistic and be mm. uplifting in a second. And then it kind of bring in these kind of different tones that are like maybe in a different key or something. It's kind of hard to put into words, but... It just kind of makes you feel like, I don't know, because his typically his scores in Spielberg movies like underline what Spielberg wants to make you feel. Right. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I feel like it kind of confuses the tone a little bit. Like maybe mm-hmm. he didn't quite know what to, what to do. Yeah. yeah, like what to do exactly. But uh, the thing is, like, I mean, yeah, like the, not everybody's like going to the part hit, where she yeah. left um, David um, when dropped him off to just abandon him and like it's really emotional and like you hear John Williams score just going at and you're like stop I need to hear I need to like feel what these these characters are feeling and it's just like I don't know it's just it wasn't even yeah I I mean I I can see where you're coming from that that scene didn't really bother me much because it was like I understand what his music was trying to do in that sequence even if it was melodramatic it was like it's the drama it's this is sad that this is happening it was like the scenes in the house well I wanted it because it was it was like weird and playful and like kind of creepy exactly but then the music was just like this weird like child like I don't know yeah it was really I, I feel like uh, what he took away from the movie when maybe he saw it and was like, okay, it's time to score this thing, is that it's very dreamlike because the music right. is very dreamlike too and the uh, the visuals, especially the lighting, is almost yeah. like this is like a fairy tale or dream, which is kind of how I feel like he wanted to shoot it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For, for me, the music didn't quite... Did you take something else away from uh, it? Well, not the entire score. I do think like the part that i'm thinking of the only reason i said like you know i, I liked it is because the score at the very end during the ending i thought it like really worked at least for me anyway like it was kind mm-hmm. of um it was the right amount of emotion put into it and stuff like that and it actually matched what was going on on screen especially the last couple of minutes um you know where he's playing with his yeah. mom i wonder if that had something to do with the uh, kubrick having really uh storyboarded all of the beginning Right. All of the beginning was Kubrick storyboards. You could see it in the shots that they chose, right? Like, mm-hmm. really framed in the doorways, and then it would like tracking kind of track shots, through. Yeah. and yeah, yeah. And so, like having Spielberg's like music guy come in. And well, that's actually a perfect segue into like another bit of trivia I wanted to go over. Is that um, oh, I don't know how to say this this guy's name. Um, okay, I'm gonna attempt it though. So, uh, Jesus Christ. So Stanley Kubrick really wanted this one song by um let's see here richard strauss it's called der rosenkaffelier waltz he he like he said like that song needs to be in this Mm -hmm. movie and now i'm not sure i'm not exactly sure like which song that was in the movie 
now that I think mm, about it. Yeah. Um, was it in the movie? Like they, they actually, did they put it in the movie? Does it, it is. It? Yeah, it is. Um, let's see here. Notes regarding the music, except to sell, to tell Steven Spielberg that this Strauss waltz should appear in the film. Williams refers to his score, which contains a number of musical allusions to Kubrick's films. Oh, that's interesting. In addition to the waltz as his homage a Kubrick. So he's kind of doing an homage, like John Williams is kind of doing an homage to Kubrick, which I probably wouldn't have been able to tell. But Mm -hmm. um, I didn't catch any allusions to other uh, films of his actually in the music. But I don't know. Do you pick up anything? Yeah, I can't either. I mean, I can't Not remember really. a, a Kubrick score either. Like, I mean, other than two thousand one. So, well, it's mind. like yeah. Kubrick uses just um, typical classical music. Yeah, that's it's what not, I was saying. It's I was like, like yeah, an it's original not... score mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he did garner. I mean, John Williams did get a best uh, a nomination, Oscar nom for this for this well, movie. Oscars, yeah, uh, for this movie. you know, garbage. So. Oscar, oh, so what? Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing, the thing about John Williams, too, is I think uh, he has how many nominations? Like 18? He's like a Meryl Streep on the music, and like he's he the... needs to get one. Yeah, like it's just, you know. Well, he, even if he's he... gotten probably like four or five, yeah. I think. I was just saying, like, you know, he's, the way you said it, like, it's just because John Williams is yeah. such respected in the movie world. Like, right. how can he not get a nomination even, for Even Force yeah. Awakens, he got stuff. a nomination, too. Yeah, see. So I mean, they, and that's, he's like just... the Meryl Streep of, like, yeah, some, of like composers. scores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's got to give it, it to it's just, I'm getting <laughs> tired yeah. of this now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, just to go over, like, a couple of last bits of, of trivia. Um, so, Professor Hobby, I think that was uh, William Hurt in the movie, William right? Um, Budget Jeff Daniels. <laughs> budget Jeff Daniels. Ooh. I don't know. I feel like Jeff Daniels is budget William Hurt. Yeah, that guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> William Hurt's pretty great. great. Yeah. What is he in? He um, in, uh, what is he in? He's in a Holy History shit, of Violence. I'm, I'm just trying to think right now. History of Violence. Um, Incredible. He Hulk. got a nomination. Oh, for Hulk. I, that's why. Okay. He got for a nomination for like five minutes of him in a History, history of Violence. Yes. I was like. I mean, like, he was good, but I didn't think he'd get an Oscar nom for five minutes that's of acting. That's pretty crazy, yeah. I didn't understand that yeah, at all. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that. He's other, um, William Hurt, what else is, um, Michael, that one with fucking John oh, Travolta, the is the movie? angel one, yeah. His, uh, his top movies on IMDb, the first one is Into the Wild. What, what is oh, he he's his dad. Yeah. He's his dad, okay. That's a great movie. So, um, and then Dark City. Oh, Dark City. Yeah, Dark City, that's right. That's what I mostly know Lost from. in Space, the fucking classic with Matt LeBlanc. I did spend From this whole friends. movie wanting to recast it. You oh, heard yeah. me the whole time because uh, the dad in the beginning, I wanted it to be uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh and, like, yeah, the mom yeah. and then Rachel yeah. McAdams. And, yeah, um, <laughs> the reboot. I like it was John Hamm. Fake John Hamm was in this. Fake John Hamm. Fake John, Fake John Hamm. Hamm. Um, I mean, yeah, that. <laughs> I like started the sentence, then we totally went off. Um, yeah, but Professor Hobby um, is an obscure reference to Stanley Kubrick. Uh, who produced his films in the UK under the name Hobby Films, uh, which actually never appeared on screen in any of his films. So it's kind of like an homage to yeah. um, this production studio that he used for all of his movies. That's what, kind of where they got hey, the name from. can I from. ask you guys a really dumb question? Shoot. Shoot. How do you spell homage? Is there an H or is there not an H? Homage. Uh, so there is. There is H O M A G E. Okay. I think. Because I, I, I googled it, and I was like, I saw both, and I was like, do people? I don't think anyone knows, but there's got to be like a right way. I guess it is with an yeah. H. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, it's just an O. Yeah. That's yeah. strange to me. Yeah. You should reverse the H and the O, just like homage. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. That's, I did not see that homage. one. Oh. Yeah. Homage. <laughs> like when you're when you it's when you like realize it's a homage. You're yeah. like oh. Oh my. That's a new <laughs> podcast idea. Welcome to Oh My. <laughs> 
Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll wrap up a couple more pieces here of trivia. Um, so, yeah, I mean, many of the trademarks of Stanley Kubrick... Nope, that's a weird sentence. Uh, among these are the narration at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, portrayal of dehumanization and the dark side of human nature. We've talked about that. Uh, the shots down the length of tall parallel walls and the glare. Doesn't mm-hmm. really uh, go into that. Oh, the glare. Yeah. Uh, with <laughs> Oh, wait. No, yeah, it does. With David's head tilted and eyes looking upwards. The scene in the bathroom. I remember that. The three-way conflict between David, Monica, and Martin. An obsessed hero, imaginary worlds, a journey towards freedom, knowledge, the use of classical music. I don't know. That didn't add anything. Yeah, I feel like. yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah, was... like barely any of those I like connected to. But um... I have a really fun trivia. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite one that I read <laughs> is that this movie was gonna just be called AI, mm-hmm. and they added AI artificial, artificial intelligence. Are you gonna bring yeah. this one up? Yeah. But they didn't want people to be confused with A one. The yeah. fucking steak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> people would go watch this movie and they'd man. be fucking pissed that they're not watching you any know, fucking uh, like you know Bob Diane and I went down to the theater last weekend we saw that A1 steak sauce movie and you know what I, it was not what I was expecting it wasn't at all. a single steak in that movie there wasn't a steak there wasn't a sauce I don't know what I was supposed to take away there's robots <laughs> the only food I saw was spinach <laughs> robots <laughs> oh and for some reason they just sat through the entire film yeah well, robots, and they're, okay, they're getting to it. They're setting up. The- <laughs> like, when's the snake sauce going to come in? Like, they're just sitting there just, like, hoping that it comes eventually. <laughs> they, like, wait till after credits. Well, maybe it's after the credits. Maybe, we'll see. Maybe they're going to walk out and he's got to be holding some steak sauce. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing oh, I think we've ever said on this goddamn it's, it's podcast. Up there. It's fucking up there, I guarantee it. Um, yeah, like the last, uh, the last thing here that I, I wasn't even aware that Steven Spielberg had, um, a running man trilogy. Uh, but this is the first part of the running man trilogy, apparently, which continued with uh, minority report and catch me if you can. Really? That's, yeah. that's pretty interesting. I had never heard of that. Okay. Before. What does it mean by running man? Like literally? So I, I assume that it's like running from something yeah. because they're, they're both running from, or uh-huh. I should say Jude Law is. David's kind of running too. something. Yeah, but like the sense of them being chased was so... Brief. I don't know. Yeah, it just didn't... It just seemed like a small little subplot. It's a small annoyance that they had. Yeah, I mean, that was stuff. that was Jude Law's kind of plot, yeah. right? Kind of like trickling into David's... Um, kind of the mm-hmm. re- like what he was running from and the reason he was with David was he was like, I'm, you know, I'll, I guess I'll help you out, but I'm fucking running from, uh, you know... Because it's more wanted. like running to... Mm-hmm. I would say, if oh, anything. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Because running to the Blue Fairy, I mm-hmm. guess. I, I guess I just extrapolated Running Man because uh, Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can are both about somebody running from like the law. Right. So I, I guess that's, I don't know. But it's an unofficial. I, mean, I, I understand. I mean, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. But um, I, I just, I'm looking at IMDb, right? I just read my favorite trivia so far. A new one. That this movie, this it was released or three months before the release was 9-11. And then at the end of the movie, you yeah. see the Twin Towers. They, like, left them in. Mm-hmm. But 9-11 had already happened. But this movie was made pre-9-11. Yeah. Well, well that's... historical context. We're getting too... No, no, no. no, ahead no, of no, no. Well, no, that's... I'd still say that's trivia. I was, I was thinking about covering that. Um, but, no, that was interesting because uh, I'm kind of, like, quoting in my mind. No, let's go. Let's it. go to historical context. We're there. Historical context. Go. Okay. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, yeah. So Spielberg chose to keep them in. 
And that was like a very controversial thing, but I think it was more of like, I don't, I don't know, like the, the symbol of like leaving them in and having them in the future was like a hopeful thing. That's like an inherently Spielberg like concept, I feel oh, like. Oh man, that's rough though. I don't know, like 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe since we have, a, we have more um, distance from it. Yeah, like it's, that it's kind of like weird. Maybe back yeah. then could have been a little bit more appropriate since it just happened and i get what you're saying the hope that we will rebuild it and mm-hmm. nothing can tear us down but now it's just like that's yeah it's a little awkward you know yeah i guess I, that's true i don't know i thought it lent itself the whole the movie to me didn't make any sense because the plot <laughs> the, i was just so upset with i mean it's nothing to do with the director i guess but to me i'm like who would make this robot that's completely useless to have a kid that you have to like it just steals your perfume and like walks in on you in the bathroom, which doesn't understand things. Well, they're like, just they're supposed to be just as shitty as normal human kids. I think. I yeah, I guess. You know, you know what? where that breaks down? I mean, yeah. I I, I know we're going off here, yeah. but I didn't even think about this idea in my head. The kid doesn't fucking grow. Doesn't grow. Like you're yeah. gonna age. You're yeah. gonna be in your seventies, taking care horror. of a fucking kid still. What a nightmare. Well, yeah, yeah. That's I didn't even think about that until just now, actually. Well, to me, okay, it breaks down in a couple different places because mm-hmm. she had to sign a contract saying that she would take this robot back to the factory if she ever didn't want it again. And she, like, drops it off out in the woods. And to me, I guess they yeah. did explain this at the end, but I was like, they, they should have been tracking this robot. Like, in my post-9-11 brain, like, the government's watching everything yeah. I do and, well, like, yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, you're you're definitely staying in historical context there because something I wanted to bring up here too is that it's such a like early two thousands, like definitely developed late nineties idea where the internet was kind of was compared to where inception. it is now. Yeah, it was in its infancy. Yeah, and so like the idea of like Wi Fi, the idea of like spying on people or like keeping tabs on people through video surveillance yeah. and things like that. Um, that's where Spielberg decided to, there, yeah. to follow it up with Minority Report because that would be the, yeah, the more appropriate. For sure. That movie, um, he's. A, I feel like that movie's a lot more tapped into because there's a lot of shit in that movie. Yeah, post 9 11 world, you know. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, this one was just like, I don't know, it, it, it did seem kind of 1950s esque. Um, yeah, the, toy the, the Gigolo. Thing, you know? The Gigolo finds yeah. like a dead client and like her husband like confesses in front of him. And I'm like, mm. got him right there. Yeah. It's like, like why don't you record, oh, yeah. record yeah. that yeah. shit? Yeah. Right. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And then even the tracking thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it very, like he it has is... memories. Like it's established yeah. that he mm. takes memories and he uses it to help him with woman mm. established. But yet you can't like solve this murder. You know what? That's I'm know. glad you brought that up, Brian. Like kind of the old or uh, I forgot who did, but like the old school um, sci-fi yeah. kind of idea of that. Because I I didn't bring this up earlier, but um, I I thought a lot of the dialogue too was very like especially in the beginning was very old school and kind of like I thought that was kind of an homage to Kubrick too, in the sense that like the way they're talking is like very kind of formal and like they're using kind of like words that normal people probably wouldn't use i just mm. i thought that was kind of uh similar to that kind of idea too so in a sense uh what i picked up was a little bit about uh, in historical context was that the whole talk about climate change because mm. um it's not very relevant to the plot at all like you could have just done without climate change there's mm-hmm. zero point really mm-hmm. it didn't help progress anything it was just like well I want to show that um, 
Humans are almost dead. Basically. Yeah, humans yeah. are almost dead. And what's a what, what's a trending topic in politics? Mm. And it's climate change in 2000, you know? Mm. I mean, uh, Al Gore going off mm-hmm. about and whatnot. I feel, and, like, I feel like he was a little before the curve, honestly. Because, like, early 2000s, though, like, climate change wasn't the biggest thing, I feel like, in early I mean, 90s. 90s is a good, like, um, you know, reuse, reuse. Use recycle three hours yeah. thing that was ninety yeah. stuff. And Bird, it's people being actually okay. a, because like you think about like the eighties and where it's all like uh, big business, you know, Reaganomics and all that, and then you get into the nineties, it's kind of like realization that we're fucking up the earth sort mm-hmm. of thing. And so like at the tail end of the nineties, it's like well, it's like climate change is definitely something that is a little bit more important to us and that we need to focus on. So. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was the shoehorn. It was shoehorned in there because, you know, people were talking about it and they want, and I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing because like climate change is real. Sorry, deniers, but it's real and it's (laughs) happening, you know, fake news, fake news. And, you know, I can appreciate that sort of like input, like saying like this Mm -hmm. could be a very real possibility. Yeah. yeah, well, and then I wonder if, uh, like, New or Manhattan being underwater came after that then? Because, like, or was Manhattan kind of, was it, I feel it was like already maybe, submerged. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, believe, like, yeah. I feel like maybe that was already tied into it, or maybe they just kind of used global, or global warming, uh, climate change just as, like, a, I don't know, on top of that. But it's set up for, like, the ending of the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what it was. I mean, it's like, it's what you said, it didn't really do anything to the plot or anything like that but they mm-hmm. did come back in the Visual third act oh, yeah they awesome. froze everything yeah, yeah exactly it came back in the third i mean act. honestly you could just say like oh humans wanted to have a a companion you know like because mm-hmm. her child was in cryogenesis mm-hmm. uh it was in cryo and she needed to have someone to love like you could have just stayed with that like there was right there's no point but i mean i think in the short story it has something to do with overpopulation so maybe right yeah that's why you wanted to input the climate change but it, it didn't really add anything. Didn't mesh well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> also in historical context, kind of wanted to bring up, uh, kind of ongoing with the technology thing, is uh, <laughs> when we were watching the ending, Adam and I like looked at each other and laughed because the uh, fucking the AIs, I'm just going to call them the AIs, the, the oh, yeah. fucking robot <laughs> aliens at the end, <laughs> like right. to share. So one of them, I think it's the Ben Kingsley one. It's like the leader one touches David and it's like sucking up all his memories. Mm-hmm. The other ones like walk up and like, like start touch touching him. him. And I was like, where's the fucking Wi-Fi yeah. at? <laughs> like it is 2000 years in the future. Like you guys don't need to like hardwire into each other. Like just pass that shit like that shit should be yeah. floating around the planet by that by that point. They're like oh we got there at the end. we got rid of wi-fi in 3004 we're just like we just touched oh right now. like there's like a, there, there's like oh we, we turned out that it gave us a uh, robot cancer so we got rid of wi-fi yeah, exactly. it was the yeah the waves you don't were, need a password uh, to touch us. each other so fuck it yeah <laughs> yeah i just thought that was like an interesting thing just like in the creation of of making this movie, like in the year two thousand two thousand one, the first the yeah. first one didn't did he even touch mm-hmm. Haley Joel Osment? Didn't he just kind of put his hand in? Kind of like he yeah, touched he his forehead. Like, oh yeah, yeah his yeah, forehead. Yeah. Where all the I guess you guys I didn't pick up on it, but I guess that's where his his shit was. Yeah, the third eye. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's right. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like where that the little, yeah brain was the robot. It's like brain. a memory little memory fucking unit. stick or something. Yeah, that always mm-hmm. bugged me, dude. Robots, it's hard to do it. I don't know. The the robots in Star Wars probably the worst example of how to do it. 
Those robots didn't yeah. make any fucking sense. They guys, none of them do. But yeah. specifically in the prequels, they're all like talking and they're like, yeah. why are they talking? Like, Well, Star, you... Star Wars is, is different because yeah. you got to remember that it's it's fantasy. Yeah. It is, it's fantasy just put into a new skin. So the robots are going to be whatever the fuck in, in Star Wars, I feel yeah. like. But yeah, I don't know. The depiction of robots in this one. Yeah, I, I really yeah. like the robots in like the, the flesh fair or whatever. Like there's just really interesting kind of types of robots. Just the way the design was and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, yeah. They're from yeah. different eras because one of them says like a hundred years ago I was on the cover of Time Magazine or something like that and it's like a very primitive like spider robot which it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm, another trivia thing just randomly because it fits here but uh, Stan Winston actually said that this is the most ambitious movie he's ever worked on. Stan Winston being the, mm-hmm. the visual yeah, yeah, effects the, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Stan Winston Studio. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah because the visual effects in this movie I mean we already talked about it but they're really great like when you see uh manhattan at the end with the the sea and i was like man this this like holds up this looks really good and adam you had said probably because of uh what's it called i forgot the name oh the composite like composite shots like just putting mm-hmm. taking real um shots of the city and then just like editing over mm-hmm. over them yeah, yeah just like layering those mm-hmm. yeah that radio city music hall like shot underwater where the amphibicopter is kind of like swimming through it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's pretty what you awesome. call it. Amphibicopter. Amphibicopter. Thank yeah, you, John. That's right. Cause I don't know what to call it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't call it that until like yeah, the aliens say it or the fucking, I don't know, the robots, yeah. whatever gives a shit. I wanted to bring up, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know how big abortion was an issue in, uh, early two thousands, late nineties. I don't know how big, a, how big an issue was, but I could see some very like, hmm big themes of a of abortion in this hmm. you know in the sense that um because brent you had you had um brought up the point when she was abandoning david and she's like just kill him don't let him like live <laughs> this this horrible oh life. that's so interesting you know? i didn't even think about that but yeah and yeah. as a mother it's like you know that you know that um, um that'd be better if you ended this this thing's life because their experience is going to be horrible but you still have an emotional attachment you just can't bring yourself to it yeah you know what i mean that's that's a really interesting perspective that i didn't consider when i saw it because i was like yeah at the time i was like what do you just take he's a machine like take him to the same thing you said about like it's just a fetus it doesn't have no that's that's fascinating yeah because it's like yeah, in my head, I was like, just take, just take him there. Where are you going to drop him off? He's going to have a shitty life. He's already in love with you. He's going to fucking, like, mm-hmm. sh- like try to fucking find you the rest of his life. Right, yeah, you know? he's going to wander the woods mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, try to get back. How far does she drive him, right? Yeah. As a robot, I don't know. I guess he was a kid. I, like, I want everything to be a robot still, where he can remember exactly he has a GPS to go back. <laughs> like, See, they didn't have that context, though, in 2000. That's the interesting thing. They didn't even know right. like, what things were going to be like, even 16 years down the road. Mm-hmm. This was crazy. So, but yeah, I was just kind of confused. Like, what, 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 what is this message? Are you saying that? I guess, I guess it doesn't have to answer that question. But I just thought it was interesting on in terms of abortion. You know, like what, how, how a mother yeah. would feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because it's hard for I don't know, just males to really understand that perspective sort of thing. You mm-hmm. know, and it was kind of conveyed in in that way because it's like he to us as an audience member, it's like, he's not real. He's just a robot. But yet, like she is so hesitant about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of powerful in that sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll give that a plus 
for the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's definitely um, the the whole like first 40, 45 minutes is just showing like how maternal she is mm-hmm. and kind of how she's adapting to having, um, you know, this this new kid, you know, uh, even with him being a robot kind of in her life. So I, I think to cap like her story, because that's the last time we see her. Right. Like to cap her story off that way, like is actually pretty pretty interesting and pretty powerful so mm-hmm. i don't know do you guys have any uh more kind of like historical context like 2000 2001 mm, only for like fil- i think it's interesting on the filmmaker's part and where he was in 2001 because um, oh yeah mm, spielberg was uh, pondering a bunch of projects back in the day before he um before he took on this i mean he he obviously was going to take take this on because he did fast track this into production and shit but he, yeah, he did just do Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, before this, and yeah. but he was very hesitant though because a lot of stuff came on his plate, like Harry Potter and right. the Sorcerer's Stone and um, Minority Report. No, <laughs> Minority Report. <laughs> yeah, Minority Report came on his plate, and he wanted possibly to do that before this or um, Memoirs of Acacia, which eventually went to Rob Marshall mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty awesome that like you know Spielberg at the time was being shopped around for all these really great movies that you've seen. That obviously when you watch now, you're like you can't. Obviously, you can't. Um, like you don't you don't think anyone else could have directed those movies? Shit, even See, I guess Chris Columbus for Harry um, Potter. Too, I'll shit. say that I'm glad Spielberg made this movie because it showed that he did care about Stanley Kubrick. He did, yeah, right. And I thought that was sweet of him to do. You know, like his his very good friend passing mm-hmm. away and decides to yeah. do this script that was in development hell for thirty some odd years. You know, A so long time, yeah. I mean, an interesting. Uh, like an interesting thing that kind of happened around that time is that when Kubrick passed, uh, uh, Spielberg was going to do Minority Report. Like he was getting that ready to mm-hmm. shoot. Oh, yeah, that's and right. he, yeah, and like uh, when Kubrick's estate or his family called him uh, and asked him to do it, he called he called Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he actually just called up Tom Cruise and was like, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna have to push it back." And he was like, "Fucking yeah, push it back. Do do AI." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's why they ended up doing Minority Report. I think in two thousand two, right? So push yeah. it back it's after this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get into let's get into uh, signature moves. Oh, and moves. this is gonna be interesting <clears> because <throat> instead of saying signature Kubrick or signature Spielberg, signature both Kubrick hybrid. signature hybrid <laughs> slash Spielberg. So, yeah. oh man. Well, I'll start some, off. Yeah, go ahead, man. Signature move, John Williams, <laughs> Spielberg. Right. That's easy. Yep. Yeah. An easy shot yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> next, next. Um, so, I mean, even even uh, as far as like shooting, like cinematography from that kind of angle, uh, a lot of kind of homages to the way. Um, Kubrick shot thing. So there's uh, tracking shots. Um, really, I, I really symmetrical kind of a, shots too. Symmetrical, like, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of a like after kind of the beginning, like when David gets left in the woods. I kind of fell off from like noticing every shot. Like at the mm-hmm. beginning, things are kind of like a more of a slower pace, and I was able to pick up on kind of like those tracking shots. And uh, like mm. we talked about the um, the lamp one. The lamp like one is the great. Dinner yeah. table. Yeah, it's shot right through the lamp where it kind of the every aspect of that shot is symmetrical and sh- shit like that definitely it's pretty is. cool yeah definitely Kubrick. Mm-hmm. and it yeah that's kubrickian like crazy mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty awesome the wide angle lens oh, yeah. um is used mm-hmm. on, a, a, on a few occasions uh mostly in that house because i think they were able to kind of like show the argument of uh mm-hmm. was it henry and um monica monica yeah. Yeah. terrible name <clears throat> rename the character <laughs> 
Hey, man, Friends was big. Friends was big at the time, you know? Monica was a respectable name at the time. (laughs) But, uh... What other uh, well, Lewinsky? One. No, just playing over. That's true. That was just right hey, after, wasn't hey, it? God, that was a couple of weird that you yeah, use the name Monica after that whole like. Uh, to be fair, the original um, the, the chick, the chick's name in the short story was named Monica, so they brought okay. over all the names from that. Like David was in there, Henry was in there. Fair Those enough. All the same names from the fair short enough, story. Fair enough. But one thing that I noticed, like there was the attempt to use like practical lighting. Throughout the film, it wasn't uh, necessarily like you know stage lighting or whatever, but then it was kind of mixed with this kind of dreamy, kind of diffused light, and then I was kind of confused on it. Did anyone else pick up on that sort of thing? So I didn't think I didn't think that was even an attempt at practical lighting. I I thought that was I would I thought that was like well, his like express the, 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 the pool yeah. scene and like mm-hmm. being yeah. in the laboratory, you know, with all the lighting there instead yeah. of like trying to I thought that was more just a straight lighting. up yeah just like a straight up attempt to do cause like man there's so like that whole beginning sequence is like like we're experiencing David's dream or something like right. the, like if, like the fucking what do you call it? is that saturation um I don't know oh yeah everything's really white. contrast I don't know there's but it's diffused so, lighting right yeah mm-hmm. I mean yeah it's so fucking bright to the point that it's it's not natural at all. It's like that's there for a reason. It was done for. Well, a reason. I don't I don't mean natural light. There's a difference. I meant mm-hmm. like practical light in the sense that uh, like it's okay. It's expected to be in that environment. Lighting. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's I mean. amplified. Yeah. It's amplified to be and like dreamlike. That's what. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought that was like a weird clashing of like you know you have silhouettes but then it's like diffuse light and it's like kind of dreamy on on one side so i was like whoa this is weird i mean i don't i can't say that i totally hated that maybe i thought more about it like maybe i'll like it more but i don't know i feel i I think this might be spielberg's first movie doing that because when i saw bridge of spies he did a similar thing where it was it was what what do you call it again i already forgot practical practical lighting yeah but it was amplified like that to be really, really bright, and it threw me off in that movie. But I think mm. it, it benefited this movie at least in the kind of mm. beginning sequence. But um, I mean, yeah, as but yeah. Far as practical sim- lighting is essentially what Kubrick does. Like he doesn't like yeah. to use. Any, uh, well, what would you call that? Um, all the stuff in the woods where they're running from like the moon blimp. That's like stage. What was that's obviously like there. studio stage, stage yeah, lighting. Yeah, for sure. That was a stage. Yeah, because everything. Yeah, that's like. Speaking of really <clears> quick, what do you guys think of that like moon thing? <laughs> what, I thought what was that was. That? I thought that was cool, man. It's like a. I weird mean, I just thing. don't understand. Like, what was the point of that? <laughs> it was pre nine eleven, dog. It was. I was. They didn't have yeah. drones yet, but they. I don't know. It was Why cinematic. was it a moon? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just make it look cool. It was, it's like they could see you coming. I'll say this: I could see that. I could see that being like in that initial concept art honestly that the guy drew up like it's a moon but it's like this hot air balloon moon yeah <laughs> like i could see that being like a really weird concept it art design so unpractical impractical it made me think of jaws because they had like harpoons and shit oh yeah like in the actual <laughs> the ship <laughs> itself that was the weirdest sequence that the entire movie i feel like like because even yeah. the, the hounds like quote-unquote hounds that they sent out oh, with yeah God. these fucking biker guys with like neon fucking yeah. suits and yeah that was so odd to it me. was weird yeah, yeah it's I, I really agree. odd because even the and shots they had, they had wolves wolf heads wolf, on wolf heads on their bikes yeah and yeah. then the shots like there's a there's a camera mounted on 
at one point, like it switches back mm-hmm. and forth, mounted onto the wolf head itself, so you can see the side of the wolf head mm-hmm. while it's riding down and shooting harpoons at these robots. It just didn't. To me, it was that was very yeah. jarring. Yeah. It was yeah. really I, I felt like that was like, like, like can can we tie these two scenes together with a set piece? Yeah, you exactly. Know? That's that's totally what it was. It's but just like, yeah, I mean, to I mean, another signature move I picked up, which is um, very Spielberg, uh, I'll say, mm-hmm. is the kind of the introduction to the flesh fair. Is that what it was called? No. Flesh fair. Yeah. yeah. No, you mean Vegas? No, no, no. Wait. Um, the the carnival. Yeah. yeah. The carnival, I'm like second yeah. guessing the name of it. I was like, that yeah. sounds weird. But yeah, when they introduce it by showing this guy taking the teddy to Lost and Found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And definitely. it's it's this kind of side tracking shot. Um, and I told Adam, like, basically straight out of uh, kind of what he did in Saving Private Ryan, too, actually. Yeah. And if you, we talked about this shot in that episode um, where it's kind of, it, it's showing these. You know this character in the foreframe, but in the back you're being introduced to this whole. Scene. I don't know if yeah, it's exactly. a signature move of Spielberg, though, because Shining does does that. do that a lot. Yeah, a exactly. Lot. Right? It's on the so Steadicam. I thought, so I thought it was a homage. That's interesting. To right. Kubrick yeah. instead. Yeah, I mean, I fuck it, it can be both. But I mean, just, I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, right? just like <laughs> just the sense that like you're tracking this one character, but. It's important because it's like it's like it's like a minute probably well close to a minute, but it's introducing like all sides to this flesh mm-hmm. fair that's yeah. going on behind. And you're like getting an idea of what exactly is going on, and it's just like that's another kind of Spielberg trademark too, is um, kind of having a lot going on in shots. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. The <laughs> flesh fair that's fucking yeah. brutal. Yeah, that He's shot telling... particularly that shot was great. It kept yeah. my attention. Mm-hmm. I was just like I wanted to see what comes next. He's basically telling the bear to shut the fuck up. He's like, is there an off switch? He's Where's like, David? Like, yeah. Where's David? That bear Where's has David? the most monotone voice yeah. ever. Yeah. Again, yeah. The, the design of this movie. Who would make a, a robot bear that sounds like that? Like I'm just so I'm so questioning <laughs> everything about like this like exists this no, universe. I, I'm I'm glad we're getting into into teddy here because um that's that's like one of my faults with the movie is like that's such a missed opportunity like you could have had that character be a really like relatable likable kind of side character and it's yeah. nothing it's like yeah, nothing, it's nothing. Yeah. and I, I think that that really is a missed opportunity like because he's so adorable and you yeah, first see him and they, so try cute. To, they try to like endure you at the end he pulls out the hair he's like i saved this for you so I can, you can clone your that mom. would have landed way better if they had developed if, if he, had if done, he was a yeah, character if he had done more shit yeah, yeah i was just, just like, like all right why did you keep this you don't yeah. care and he has no he's yeah. just following david the whole time yeah. so i was like I don't know. Just one more pass and give him some dialogue. Like give him the bear was know, so forgettable. Him. I just mm-hmm. saw. Yeah. It and was kind of cute walking around, like, but again, that's, that's like a yeah. trademark element from the short story that I feel like they just needed to put into the movie because like they should have. They should have yeah, expanded exactly. on yeah, it. Though. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, it was two and a half hours. They could have fit. They could have put there. something in there. Yeah, because <laughs> like he could have been like what that could have added. Like Spielberg's great with characters. Like if if Teddy was like an actual character. Then like David and Teddy could have like been developed more throughout the whole movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they, I don't know. That could have. That's what's so disappointing about the bear. It's yeah. like yeah, like Spielberg, he could have developed it really easy, like he always does. Mm-hmm. And usually he does with like a cute little like. No, I shouldn't get it because I Whoa. first thing that came to mind Whoa. is fucking Temple of Doom, and I don't even want to fucking get. Oh started man, if you listen to our Revenge of the Sequel of Temple of Doom, I fucking love the fuck out of the movie. So. That's hilarious. That's, awesome. That's interesting. I know. I, I read your. I I heard your reaction on Temple of Doom, and when I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, I want to reply oh, yeah, so bad, that. but I was we like, God damn about it! This in the I posted that picture. Uh, Jaws episode? Instagram. I love Temple of Doom. It's like 
a little Man, bit better I'm than so, Last Crusade for me. I'm s- that's so interesting to yeah. me, dude. We we need to talk about yeah, this. We'll yeah, we'll talk about that. Well, whenever you're on uh, Revenge of the Sequel podcast, you can probably get bring it. it that's right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we need to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. But um, what what uh, I don't know yeah. the signature move. We were talking about that bear. If you guys want to keep going, the bear. Oh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Not okay. much to say. Signature about move, dude. Uh, mirrors all over the place. Oh yeah, Spielberg's right. all about these mirrors. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. There was one shot where I thought the reflection. It really it at the end um, when the aquacopter. When his face lines up. It with, lines up, yeah. and you can see exactly what you were saying when we were watching it. You can see his reaction to what he's seeing in the yeah. same shot without the need for, like, a cutaway. I, I'm really interested to see, like, when Spielberg, like, realized that, oh, my God, in a in a mirror shot, you can get both. Because I love reaction shots, and yeah. I love showing the thing. I can fucking do both of them at the same time. Because he does that yeah. so fucking much yeah. in... Munich. In Munich, Munich is for lot. sure, yeah, and in this movie a ton, and it, it yeah. fucking works. It's like a great, it works like, way there. to do it. It works there. I don't think he, I don't think he employed it as well as he could have in a lot of the other things. And um, one of the other yeah. big mirror shots when when the mom drops him off in the woods and then drives away, and you see uh, the reflection of the kid just getting. That's just a classic. Like, yeah, I mean that's yeah. a signature. Show me, signature show me movie. from her perspective. Like I don't know, it just didn't have as much of an impact to me. He he yeah. overdid it with the reflections. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think so. I think that's just another you way to watch shoot Munich, something. man. Because really like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead well, and agree least, with Brian on that one. L- yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just finish up that. Thought. Only because I don't know why you guys actually praised it, but I didn't really like that ending reflection where it kind of lined up perfectly on his face. Yeah, like that. Yeah, it was huh. kind of weird. It was a little weird for me. So, because like everything else was pretty cool, and then that part it was just like, okay, I, I definitely like even right before it lined up, I was like, I definitely know where you're going, uh-huh. and I yeah, okay, you did it. Okay, cool. That was like that was kind of my reaction to it. But I didn't mind the mirror shot when he was kind of driving away. That was kind of, that was okay, um, if not really weird. Only because the scene before that is just kind of weird. Like you know, well, it's like what is what is the metaphor behind using these re- reflection shots? Because in Munich, it was used very well, right? Because it's like looking yourself in the mirror and trying to understand, like, are you the, are you the good guy? Or are you the monster? Like that, it made sense in the in the plot from munich but like here i was trying to like what what was this supposed to be conveying i mean i i don't i don't know if it always has to convey something i mean i think there are efficient ways to shoot things i think it goes back to um so the fact that corners. spielberg huh he's cutting corners is that what you're saying that's exactly what i'm saying <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no no no. i think it goes back to the fact that in in a given shot like in a given shot that's set up Spielberg likes to fit more than one thing like he always likes to have a couple of different things happening at least mm-hmm. um, and that's why some of the shots are cut longer in they're corners, different things cut in corners <laughs> but i don't know i think it i think value. it really it adds value yeah. to a lot of shots i thought it conveyed something at least in the sense of david's like you know point of view is he really i don't know how many times he actually looks in the mirror cuz i saw this movie yesterday so i haven't seen it really fresh but like you know is he what he seems that he looks like i don't like? know because he, when like, you, you know, because in a film, nothing, nothing is by accident. Like you yeah, have yeah, to be definitely. able yeah. to. I, I agree with that. But I was just like, but use this reflection. It's gonna. There's a purpose. But in David's sense, like if you David looks at himself into a mirror, is he he looks like a boy? Is he really a boy? Is he or is he not really a boy? Well, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, is what, you, what you just said. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. And yeah, that was that was this was much clearer than what it was in the mo- movie. But like mm. you know. Yeah, I, didn't I guess so. Entirely pick it, pick up, pick it up mm, from that. Got yeah. it. We but there you it. go. All right. What, what? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Solved. All right. Well, uh, let's just. I don't. I don't know how to do this. This segment. This upcoming segment. I tried. I tried thinking about it. And you guys know what's coming up. 
Do we? Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's... You guys can reword this because I tried, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Kubrick's version if Spielberg wrote the screenplay. Because he did kind of write the screenplay, but... But then again, it's like, well, Kubrick was working I think I think a, maybe I an easier version not easier but like how would you reverse this if well, Spielberg, Spielberg died fully... Spielberg died and Kub- and Kubrick's like yeah. I will make this movie for you <laughs> oh, shit. I say like the ending would be very different I think it would literally end on the morning after which is a very awkward moment for David and that's what I feel like. That's oh shit! I feel like Kubrick would end it after that, like literally have the the, yes. the happy oh, moment. Absolutely. Well, that's and then great. the moment where he wakes no, up just, and notices that she's not waking up. Just yeah, just well, think he, about that for he, a second. He doesn't wake up after that either. No, just no. He, he just, does he though. That's what John's saying. Like Kubrick would have. Oh, I see. Okay, because Kubrick would have taken it one step further and literally just had one more scene after that. Maybe not even a long scene. Maybe he just, just open his eyes. Yeah, or exactly. Something. Yeah, he opens yeah. his eyes and she doesn't. And then, like he's basically oh, stuck boy. alone. Like that's I that's what I feel like. That's that's, that's a Kubrick. So they they would have had to leave out that last narration where he said that he goes to sleep and right. oh yeah, definitely yeah yeah. Oh well, okay. Well, I I my takeaway is that his version would. So my biggest problem with this movie is holy fucking shit, um, heavy handed like on the nose. Uh, like exposition it like really bugged me especially the ending oh, i was boy, like yeah i was like we're we're bringing in too many new concepts we're like introducing the idea that uh we can bring humans back but okay like here's they, the thing here's the thing <laughs> they die after a day and it doesn't really make sense i don't they really get literally, it like, stop doing they that literally had a character called dr no Oh yeah. yeah, and he's ex- exposition. Man. No, th- yeah, see, yeah, I thought yeah. that I was whatever with that. I was fine. That, but that's no, it's the... just funny that his name's Doctor No. Yeah, was, that's weird to <laughs> like, me because like that's obviously like that's screenwriting one hundred and one. Like you're just yeah. like you need to get from point A to point B, and you write yourself a scene where that's uh, yeah. explanation. That Doctor No explanation in. was definitely on that. Like you know, it was it, it definitely, definitely one of those things has those like hero's journey kind of check marks. Oh, yeah, definitely for yeah. sure. Uh, Doctor No being like the uh, what do you call it? Like the like meeting with the guardian like a, yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, it's called, like that. Yeah, like exactly. the actual thing. Um, that but, bothered me though. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't so much that because there was like an entertainment there. At the end, it was just like I'm gonna sit you down on this bed, being this tech robot alien guy, and we're just gonna talk about how things are for four or five minutes. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! So I don't think I think that ending. How I, things I think, are. Yeah, I think that it would have jumped to the future, but I think it would have been pretty brief. I think. Um, it would kind of be like the way I remember it where you kind of see the aliens. They like give him this dream uh, or this um, like he, he meets the blue fairy or whatever. And then I don't know. It'd be a lot more ambiguous. Well, there think- wouldn't be so much. talking. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was thinking when we were watching that last sequence that it would have been just a instead of actually making her alive again, the mother instead, of just like make him imagine that he's. Mm-hmm. he's yeah. uh, meeting yeah. with her like just have it like just a simulation because yeah. they were talking about sims and all that and all that shit and just like make him feel that way I and then he like just yeah. wakes up you know from that simulation and also, that's, yeah. it's a little confusing also too because like you know they kind of there's a scene where or a brief shot where they're all looking inside of like some sort of w- water pool where they're kind of like you know they're yeah. like you know it, it makes it seem like they're, they're kind of programmed into david's mind and mm-hmm. like simulating in his mind but and then they like you know they actually make a clone and shit. So you're just like, did they construct this all from his strange, memory, yeah. 
Or are they like in his head? Like, are they jacked in like yeah. Matrix style? Right. Like, you know, I mean, it's kind of weird. Well, okay, so that that brings up something <laughs> I really wanted to talk about is for a while there, until that, like, uh, Ben Kingsley robot, the, mm. its, its name for the rest of the podcast is Ben Kingsley robot, shows up, is that I was like, holy shit, this is like Spielberg's interpretation of the ending of 2001. Because it's like this this character that's in kind of this, I don't know, like the, the alien slash robots. Oh, okay. Like, they could very much be, like, the, I don't know, it's... They're the star child at the brain? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a lot more kind of obvious and apparent Mm. um, and not as ambiguous because the ending of 2001 is notoriously kind of ambiguous and you um, Mm -hmm. have to kind of look into it. Um, And this one, I mean, you you see like the robots like talking and they're kind of explaining what's happening and it's... Yeah. The robots at the end don't make sense to me. Hmm? The robots at the end, they don't make sense to me. Like they could have hacked into his brain. They talk. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they use just like tones, like mm. electric tones, to talk to each other. Um, they have this weird obsession with their creators, which is a really human-like quality, and they seem to have this That's godlike control over things. That, yeah. They can they can clone people. They have these flying cube ships that assemble themselves, mm. but like the planet's still iced over. They just don't. I don't know. They don't have. What? Yeah, like why are they on Earth? Yeah, they wouldn't why? be on Earth just, for sure. Just, just go inward. You know, go in and just do your. You know, or. Fucking, yeah, they have spaceships. Go like, outward. Go to fucking, yeah. Like, colonize. Like, we're not going to be... Either yeah, we're all going like, to be dead or we're going to be on another planet in 2,000 years. Like, right. we're not going to be here. That's for goddamn I just don't understand, like, why they give so much shit about, like, his happiness. I was like, why? Why do they care about him well, and I, what he knows about humans when they can clone them? Well, they I mean, haven't... Well, I think you may have said this. Like, they have admi- admiration for their creators and stuff right. like that. Like, they're... They do say because it's it's. I don't think so. I no. think it's obviously a Spielberg. Yeah. I mean, imagine. Spielberg. So I think it's interesting because it's like it's like us and God, right? right. Like it's very theological. I think it's like if we found, um, geez, I don't even know how to compare it. Like if we found like a deity or yeah. something, it's almost like that. Like the or like the original that, human that breaks though because mm-hmm. they got all his memories. Like yeah, I don't, true. I didn't get it. Like they, uploaded they just all. uploaded it all. They already got what they needed, and but right. they cared about him. Yeah, it was it was an interesting. I, I think Kubrick would have changed that somehow, mm-hmm. where instead it would have been like a, a simulation of everything. Well, he would have gotten rid of all that shit at the end <laughs> and it. just like ended off where I said, you know. Also, probably, yeah, yeah, where it's Kubrick would have had frozen over. He would have had way better clothing, like costume designs, and way better. Uh, all the furniture in their house was this weird like it's gonna be futuristic hey, but it was not hey man 2001 was 2001 for everybody i mean yeah. i think that <laughs> I, I mean the style you blame at the time on yeah man like those yeah. trench coats that's not because nobody, i mean you the can't cl- blame clockwork orange i mean you know mm-hmm. i mean i get why they had the costume design as it did but you know it's not i love like the design of and i'm sure a lot of that's the concept art that kubrick worked on like i love all the designs of like the like rouge city and all that stuff yeah that's really really well i think kubrick like said he wanted the whole like mouth thing when then when Mm -hmm. they were entering in yeah and then they used the clockwork orange car shot i was uh, Mm -hmm. i was looking into this movie last night and i found a book on amazon there's like a book an art book about how the art changed from kubrick to spielberg so like you know, you look it up on Amazon if you really want to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I think I know about the the book that you're talking about. It's something about a the concept artist that that put it out. It was Sean Cunningham, I think. 
And yeah, oh, it's like about like, the concept art for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like apparently, like it does have a distinct like actual switch when it when you know yeah. Spielberg becomes the dominant you know you know creative on this on this project. Yeah, I'll say this: I'm sure Kubrick's version would have been fucking beautiful. Would have been Dude, awesome. Kubrick. Okay, you guys talked about what was your guys' reason that Kubrick never made this movie. Um, he said he could never. I mean, according to sources <laughs> yeah. that I've read, I mean, apparently, um, yeah, obviously, death is the that one. Um, but the, goddamn. Uh, but the other one was basically um, he's according to people close to him, um, he couldn't get the ending to work. Yeah, the ending work. Yeah. See, and, what, and uh, another thing too is that he wanted to he wanted to use an actual that's what robot, robot yeah. Yeah. for David. Is it he wanted so a there were a few things, yeah. yeah, because he couldn't have one. He was just like, never mind. Yeah, he, he would have been waiting a long time. Said, man. No actor yeah. could portray David the way he was thinking David should be portrayed. Basically, I think he must. So it's, it's a shame that like we aren't able to hear like his thoughts on the final. Well, product, maybe maybe you know? at the Kubrick archive you could probably find some notes there. You know what I mean. I mean, remember how David was, uh, David on our last podcast on The Shining, he was mentioning how there's like bookshelves on bookshelves of Kubrick's yep. notes. And, you know, uh, maybe something's in there. Who knows? Mm, yeah, probably. Most likely. But at any rate, uh, I guess we should wrap things up here and um, we should do some final thoughts, right? Yeah, let's. I mean, for the season, for the well, final yeah. thoughts for the film for AI. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. this. I mean, this definitely isn't uh, one of the stronger Spielberg movies. I think it's probably middle of the pack for me. I mean, there there are elements that I really like. I, I really like kind of the the second act where it's Jude Law and him kind of on their little adventure, kind of finding it. Um, I like parts of the ending. I don't know, man. It's just so. It's so hit and miss to me like there's stuff that's good stuff that's bad uh it's, it's like a, a snyder movie i guess i'm just saying whoa <laughs> don't put those words in my mouth <laughs> the hit worst and miss that's the definition my bad Go for the, it. the the worst spielberg movie is better than any <laughs> zack snyder movie i'll say that uh, oh, no i don't want to start oh, you i don't want to start that that's, <laughs> that's a that's bad man. no because the worst uh spielberg movie is temple of doom but oh. <laughs> oh, I'm not oh, trying man. to, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to attack. I'm just making jokes. Ouch. Um, it's not even, I no, I mean, it yeah, is. it probably is, but whatever. Like, <laughs> it's still pretty good. Like. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's, I mean, the acting is great in this movie. There are elements that are awesome. I mean, it's really interesting to see kind of the melding of Spielberg and Kubrick. Um, I mean, we went all like over the, the different elements that, uh, we caught that are kind of mm-hmm. mixing of the two. <clears throat> Uh, I just don't think it, it coalesced into like um, something that was profound, you know, something that was like an amazing piece of right. art, you know what I mean? And that's, that's unfortunate. You know, I think it's, uh, I'd say it's a, it's a good movie, but it's not, you know, I don't think it's really a classic. So mm. I don't know. What do you take away, John? Uh, well, my takeaway from it is like, I've, I've only seen it, like I said, I've only seen it once and I'm, I think I'm still on the, the fanboy high of it. Like I kind of like, you know, it's, just, it's a new movie that it just took in. I haven't mm-hmm. really analyzed it yet. Yeah, that's um, you do have a really interesting perspective in that it's. Have you had you seen it before, Brian? I think I saw it as a kid and didn't. I don't yeah. know. Didn't really follow it's, it because I I wonder like how I would react seeing it now and how I don't know. I'm jealous that you you were able to see it for the first time. Oh, yeah, now, yeah, you know? definitely. I, I was jealous that you got you watched, watched RoboCop recently for the first time because that was oh that was awesome. a goddamn treat. That's I'll pretty fucking awesome to yeah, watch. Great. That movie is so good. Anyway, though, for this film though, like I've never seen I've never seen this before, and it was um. It's it was kind of a weird takeaway for me because like I didn't expect a movie like this. 
I still don't like it's if every I've seen Spielberg films after this, obviously, and Spielberg films before this. And to me, it's kind of I, I, I kind of like it because it to me, it feels like an anomaly in Spielberg's uh, yeah. catalog. I see that. And it's um, so weird. And also just like because of the weird um, combination of, of viewpoints from Kubrick, from all the stuff that Kubrick had before. Um, it's an interesting watch. Um surprisingly optimistic i wasn't really thinking you know thinking it was going to go that way like while watching it but you know i i had a good time and it was um it's pretty good in my opinion right now mm-hmm. cool was my turn okay mm. um this movie yeah it was a blend of both of them but you know sometimes you mix together a can of tomato soup and a can of chicken noodle soup and, it, and it's, it's not good, good. you're <laughs> right absolutely <laughs> true yeah. but both are good on their own <laughs> I, I think that the, the there was a character in the, the opening like scene where they have like a boardroom and the guy is trying to sell everyone on we should make a robot boy that can love, and mm-hmm. she's like you're not asking the real question here is can we make a human love a robot boy, and that's the question the movie was asking me the whole time is do I give a shit about Haley Joel Osment and nope. I just I didn't <laughs> I just <laughs> fair enough that's pretty cool yeah. I, yeah okay that, that wraps it up for me yeah, yeah. i just it didn't it, i didn't buy into it i mean i don't think uh society um gives a shit about Haley joel osmond <laughs> either just <Woo>! to uh <laughs> put a nice little bow on we just that. lost Haley joel osmond as a listener i mean david oh. okay he was like, i mean fuck i was on board yeah, exactly <laughs> i'm gonna go back into small unsubscribe cat. review one star this is not very good <laughs> Haley joel osmond oh my god if you're listening we you're, love you Haley. we hate you we loved you in tusk <laughs> He was in Tusk? Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I will not besmirch this podcast name by saying that director's name. Besmurfed? Besmurfed, yes. Besmurfed. Yeah. Did he direct Smurf? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. What's up? Anyways, all right. Um, I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's a little too long. Mm-hmm. Tone's inconsistent. There's some... Some pretty shots. There were some genuinely pretty shots. Uh, the the style was really outdated. It was outdated. And it's hard to watch because just because like I remember saying, "Oh, this is definitely right after the Matrix, the sunglasses, mm. <laughs> and that uh, those trench coats." You know, other trench coats. It was very a uh, cool color temperature movie. Everything was kind of blue and green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of Matrixy. Yeah, but yeah, sure. I mean it. Just like everyone else said, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't mix these two. These, this is why we have the director showdowns because of how interesting, how different these directors are, and the synthesis is just like this, this, this baby that should have been aborted. <laughs> oh, like, like David, Ouch. like hey, David should have. Hey. Oh. No, that's that's messed up. I don't really mean that, but I just think that the. It's fine, and I'm. I have a lot of respect for Spielberg, like doing this. Like, he he did his he did, Spielberg did the best he could with the material that was given to him, and trying to respect you know Stanley Kubrick, and and he wanted, wanted to make it his own. So I'll give it merits in that respect, and you know it doesn't it doesn't defeat my respect for Steven Spielberg at all. It maybe even heightens it because of that. That amount of respect that he had for Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. The whole yeah. movie's dedicated to him. It's the last yeah. line of the credits at the very end. If you mm-hmm. if anyone sits through the Oh shit. Credits. Because yeah, we yeah. started watching the credits and I was like, Oh, like I in my I mind. I just walked it was like, out. 
yeah. I was like, I was like, I would have imagined like a to Stanley thing or something. I would imagine it would be at the beginning. I mean, nowadays it would be at the beginning, but for this movie, for it sure. actually it makes sense. It's, and it's at like the very, very everything. End. Yeah. yeah. All right. yeah, it would have yeah. been way more of an insult for him just to actually be just a surrogate director and make it the way that he thought Kubrick would have made it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So. To make it his own was really brave and important. And yeah. We're going to get into, uh, we're going to, we want to cap the season off with it, some thoughts about um, the uh, season. You guys, I mean, I don't want to exclude you guys. You feel free to, free to chime in. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, for sure. Uh, so obviously, like we said, you know, I'm just what was that? Is that is that John Williams? <laughs> Anyways, no, you said we... Doctor Jones. No, I'm just saying. Oh <laughs> God! You just you shut just, it down. You, We're turning this whole fucking thing. You off. just you just try to trigger Brent this whole time. Jeez, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I feel just... bad for the shit I said earlier. Honestly, I was just making jokes. But yeah, same here. I mean, you're allowed to like what movie you want to watch. For sure. So yeah. We're just trying to be entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> This is not our real persona, folks. We're actually <laughs> friends, despite yeah, what exactly. all of you guys exactly. think. Despite, yep. um, so, yeah, like, this is the last episode of the first season. Um, and it was, again, Steven Spielberg. I was about to say Kubrick. Yep, <laughs> which we've Kubrick. done for months now. Innumerable amount of times. Right. And we just wanted to cap things off and just have a, some general <clears throat> thoughts of what, um, what we thought of the season... Maybe new things that we learned about our dire- about the directors we watched, um, mm-hmm. just so on and so forth. So the first question um, I like to propose is, uh, what's your favorite film on the li- on the list? Oh, interesting! Out yeah. of the ones that we that we watched, watched. Yeah. hmm. So just Spielberg, or just the whole? You can do thing. the whole thing, yeah. Oh man, I might have to uh, change sides here. Let me think. Well, I'm running. I'm running through them all in my head. So we got. I can. Raiders. I can. Li- I'll list them out right okay, now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Raiders of Lost Ark, 2001: A Space Odyssey, Munich, um, Barry Lyndon, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, A Clockwork Orange, Saving Private Ryan, Full Metal Jacket, Jaws, The Shining, and last but certainly least. AI <laughs> artificial intelligence <laughs> but certainly least that's great um oh man so it's to me it's a it's a three-way tie um you'll have to give me a minute to so it's it's 2001 Raiders and Saving Private Ryan okay yeah. I I would say Saving Private Ryan honestly gets just above the other two mm-hmm. it's real fucking close though it's real okay. close well then what's your what's your favorite Kubrick and what's your favorite Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, Saving Private Ryan in 2001. Solidly, yeah. For sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, 2001 is is a fucking masterpiece. It's like the scope of that movie. I mean, we don't have to like get into fucking like all of them, but like, yeah, Yeah, I I love that movie. It's it's incredible. It's fucking before Star Wars and anything like giant. There was like like, nothing. There was like nothing preceding that that like paved the way, really. Everything before that was B movie, sci fi. Exactly. exactly, And then he took. I mean, yeah, it's it's insane, like the fact that he was able to to create that. I mean, um, yeah, and then Saving Private Ryan, as far as war movies go, like we talked at length about that movie and how um, just incredible it is, how great the characters are and the um, kind of the set pieces. Um, so I think I think both of those movies are like the directors at their best mm-hmm. for sure. I would have to agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I'd put two thousand one Space Odyssey above. 
um, Saving Private Ryan, but mm-hmm. I love Saving Private Ryan. It is one of my favorite films of all time. It's just everything about it. Just like it's pure cinema. Like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I love yeah. that movie. The writing, mm-hmm. the directing, it's fantastic. Yeah, and the the directing is just so um, so tight in Saving Private Ryan. It's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm always gonna be a 2001: A Space Odyssey fanboy. It's just it's one of the movies that you know I watched when I was younger and just saying like wow like this is what film is capable of mm-hmm. and that's like I was probably around 19 and that was um, 2009 so like in 2009 past the date of the title of the fucking film right. it still works mm-hmm. yeah it's still 40, relevant 40 years after it came out yeah. 41 actually it's all practical. It's none of that CGI stuff. And it just gave me like a lot of like hope that like film can be, it could still be good. You know, like you don't have to have all this derivative shit that you see nowadays. So uh, on that aspect on how it affected me, I would just like, that's a personal thing that I put 2001 on top of that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, what out yeah. of that list? Like, what what are your guys's kind of yeah. favorites out of those that we that we watch? And and I know we're leaving yeah. out like we like I definitely have regrets, honestly, yeah. of like what I put in there. Um, I, pr- I probably would have squeezed Jurassic Park and then maybe Paths of Glory, maybe possibly. Now I was thinking do? about that actually. My yeah. Minority Report, honestly, except that that's actually really my great. next question was, uh, <laughs> yeah. what would you have changed and what would oh, you have added? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I I probably would have swapped uh, like. I don't know. It's so Sorry. weird because the the episode wasn't great, the Munich one. But like, I I legitimately like love that movie. There's something about it that's so like just that story. I've also like recently just like there's something about 70s thriller movies that I just fucking love. Like Zodiac, um, Argo. I kind of love for that reason. Um, and yeah, and then. Uh, fucking Munich mm-hmm. like the, something about that era and like thrillers in that era I don't know I just love mm-hmm. um, but I still probably would have swapped that out for you know Schindler's a, a Schindler's List <laughs> right a Jurassic Park maybe maybe Minority Report instead of uh, shit I don't know mm-hmm. yeah one of those but, but yeah what's what's y'all's uh, favorite um... mm-hmm. Brian you want to go first I think you guys kind of nailed it there yeah. uh, the best two mo- they're Best two movies are 2001. And oh, I State totally like Ryan. stampeded over you guys. But. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, <laughs> totally we, we shared I a look apologize. here. Like, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw okay, that. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. My bad, man. I apologize. No, uh, no. I mean, we. I mean, I already kind of said mine. Those are the best two movies. But my favorite, if it's my favorite, mm-hmm. I like Jaws. I don't like The Shining because I just like cool. the kind of genre. And I. Well, you're yeah. right, Conan. Your your answer. No, I. You said that yeah. at the beginning. No, I said that at the beginning. I like yeah. Jaws and The Shining. Yeah, I thought you like shining more was i wrong am i wrong in that interpretation oh no i i do watch the shining every year but i jaws is if i'm at the beach let me watch jaws like <laughs> like you i would never watch it at the beach fuck that <laughs> nope. you don't at, watch it on, you're on, at the beach yeah, watching jaws they have those jaws on, on the phone. water screenings the draft house has the jaws on the water screenings where oh, you that's watch cool. it you watch Shh. it in a tube 
like you know on a lake. I mean, you know, what dude, the fuck, that's whatever. awesome. That sounds like, like a fun. If it's yeah. not a lake, I do it. Canyon Lake, Canyon Lake holds that's them. So they, they, cool. They, that hopefully, awesome. they would have them like they, you know this year or next year. The amount of immersion you can have from that—that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's I probably. Like that. I mean, I just feel like I would be annoyed because I'd be probably spinning. I'm just like, God damn it, someone just fucking just trying to watch the movie the entire time. I'd be too busy getting a blowjob <laughs> on the water while anyone else is there. <laughs> By sorry, these ballsy, ballsy. I'd be a kid with a shark fin on my back. Just trying to scare Where's people. Where's the uh, in the atmosphere 2001 screenings? Is what I want to know. Like in space. You're floating, watching like a TV screen. You're just like throwing up the entire time. You don't want to do <laughs> on one of those planes that just dives, and then you wait list for like nine minutes. Oh, and right. you Watch the movie. They show you like yeah. a little snippet for and then, fucking like <laughs> yeah. two and a half hours. How was it? I got dehydrated. I threw up so many times. Yeah. Well, it took three days to get yeah, through exactly. the movie. Yeah. But... Yep. <laughs> oh um, man. Jaws and the um, the Shining. Um, I mean, I haven't you know haven't heard the Shining episode yet, but like the Jaws episode was pretty awesome. Out of those 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 two movies are just great to me. Um, I also had a lot of fun. I'm a little biased. I was on the the show before. Um, Close Encounters was great. It was um, yeah. It was just really Not awesome. A fan. I had Not never seen that movie before. Movie. I'm a huge fan now. It's mm-hmm. pretty awesome, especially after watching like you know three or four different cuts on the Blu-ray. That I have, and like mm-hmm. you know, just seeing different things. Like you know, one one movie has the score <clears throat> has like uh, allusions to when you wish upon a star, mm. yeah. and one of them actually plays over the credits and stuff like that. And that's pretty awesome. Just to the, me. Yeah, those differences are cool. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, getting to the the segment that I totally like got ahead of myself on. Uh, I pr- honestly at this point, I'd, I'd probably say I would have put uh, ET instead of Close Encounters. Yeah. Honestly, really cool. Yeah, yeah because. Um, I don't know. I, I jump back and forth between them, but I, I think E.T.'s a, a better movie. A bit, it's yeah, more of an impactful yeah. movie, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I have something yeah. completely off topic. Yeah. Throw, All right. E.T. is famous for having Reese's Pieces in it, right? Yep. So I have a question for you guys. Is it Reese's or Reese's? Uh, fuck anybody who says Reese's. Uh, it's Reese's It's Reese's, Pieces, right? Because it's like Reese's, they belong yeah. to Reese. They're Reese's Pieces. Yeah. His and, name's not Reese, and it's definitely not PCs, right? <laughs> who, was a, who put this idea in your mind, dude, Brian? Yep. I want to hunt them down. And Some girl at work uh, was getting something out of the vending machine, and this other person's like, "Hey, what are you getting?" And she says, "I'm getting a recess." And I'm like, "Did you just say recess? Like it's we're at school and we're taking a break?" <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> anyways, and it sparked an argument. It's <laughs> No, I'm glad you brought that up because fuck those. People. There's been commercials, that. everyone. If you if you don't you know, think speaking of recess pieces, <laughs> what I would have changed in um, <laughs> in in the in the list is uh, I don't know. I would have added the killing by Stanley Kubrick. Like, I, I really saw see that, that. Yeah. recently. I've been I was actually wanting to put that onto the uh, the list. Because uh, we were, because th- our uh, our original ideas was that we would add a movie from each um, director that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, and uh, the killing was my choice, and I watched it like I don't know a couple weeks ago, and it is fantastic. I love the killing. Like it's like imagine Kubrick doing a hard boiled noir uh, heist film. Oh wow! Oh my god! I can't wait to see that one, man. I'm you guys excited. need to see it. It's great. I loved it. So that's what that's what I've added. Um, but like the the list the list that I I chose was pretty. 
don't know. It was pretty solid to represent Kubrick, though. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I don't. I don't really have many regrets about. Um, kind of all different, all different eras. Yeah. Maybe excluding. Um, I didn't really do the early. I didn't really do the early. Good choice. Because like Pats of Glory would have been a good one. Yeah, that's add. a great movie. Yeah. And um, I just like maybe I would have swapped out like Barry Lyndon, but Barry Lyndon is just. It's a goddamn I'm surprised you didn't I think, yeah, that. I was about to say, you think you, you nailed it, you know, spot on by, by putting on Barry Lyndon like mm-hmm. that. That's pretty diverse. It's like it exemplifies to, yeah, like exactly, Kubrick's yeah. height in filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, you know, it's a pretty solid list in, in my opinion for, for Kubrick. Yeah. You guys did a great job. Yeah. You introduced mm-hmm. me to some new Kubrick movies. Brent, you showed me some, some Spielberg movies I had never heard of and you kind of showed how he changed. I mean, he has a lot of movies, but you show how he, you know, change from these blockbusters yeah, exactly. and yeah. into these other different types more serious well, and then more sci-fi and then more yeah i mean that that's i wanted to like bring that up too is because something that is, is this going to be a segment like something that we learned am, am i getting ahead again but, no go ahead no yeah i mean something that like i don't know like what we've learned over doing the season or whatever but that is, is that, one of the questions yeah yeah is that like each director <laughs> i just wanted to <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, but that is one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, is that each each director, Spielberg and Kubrick, are, um, yeah, I mean, they're incredibly diverse filmmakers. Yeah, they're no one-trick ponies. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have you have uh, people out there like Michael Bay who kind of are, <laughs> who, ha- who have, a, that who have, a, who have a, a style and who have a type of movie. You always know what you're going to get into. That District 9 guy. Whoever he is, um, Neil Blomkamp, Blomkamp, yeah. Blomkamp yeah. whatever his name. Is. You well, you know, every yeah. new movie from him is just going to be bad. So that's <laughs> his style. You're, you're uh, listening, Blomkamp. You really screwed up, dude. Blomkamp. <laughs> Charlito Copley can't help you, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a crutch. <laughs> Fucking prawns, man. <laughs> but I think that's what makes a director great is how diverse they can be. And and yet be consistent at the same time. Exactly. Not not sacrifice the quality. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, both both directors excel at that really, really well. Um, different genres, you know, doing different types of genres. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's why that's why they're the fucking masters. Mm-hmm. Masters of film. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, how about you, John? What do you what do you think? General thoughts about um, what you of think? Kubrick and Spielberg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really, you know, these are the two, like, you know, people that you guys just said everything that I'm about to say. That's why I'm just kind of like trying oh, to I'm figure sorry. out something. <laughs> trying to figure out try, how to reword you, you, your, I'm your, sorry. Fucking, yeah. your thoughts. Um, yeah, they're they're great. Uh, you know, they're obviously great filmmakers. You know, everyone everyone who does stuff now, especially like, you know, all, we're all like, you know, in the in the film field here. So like, you know, we all take influence from from those two directors. Uh Again, it's what you guys said. Like, you know, if you mm-hmm. have a career this long where it's just like so diverse and so consistent, it's just it's going to be great. And you know, who greater than the, these two people? Like, you know, Kubrick and Spielberg, especially mm-hmm. Kubrick. Kubrick, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the Kubrick side because, like, you know, like again, like you know, I like thought-provoking film. You know, you you. It's like what Adam said earlier. You have to get into his head or know where he was at at the time to know what the fuck you just watched. Because you know, if you go in cold, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to like All the right. movie. And so, and then Spielberg again, but. You know, at the other end, you can't really ignore Spielberg for what he can do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the dude directed Jurassic Park and fucking Schindler's List in the same right. fucking year. And so it's just, that's insane. Like, you know, just to think that that guy knows what the fuck to do. So, I mean, fuck. Damn. Hats off to both of those fuckers. Right? Amen. 
Can I tell you about about you guys in this podcast? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think you guys are doing a great thing here, and I mm-hmm. think that you're helping. You definitely helped me, and I hope you're helping a lot of other people learn how to analyze movies and directors in a different mm-hmm. light. Because mm-hmm. I personally have a real hard time separating the actual story in the movie from the director, and like being able to look back and see, you know, other people are looking at movies in terms of uh, the different trademarks or the the signature moves that a director has mm-hmm. and they're looking at movies in the terms of the the context that it was in historically the time mm-hmm. of the year and the time of the you know you know history of the earth um <clears throat> something i never really considered before and listening to you guys it's definitely helped me you know mm. kind of be more cinematically literate yeah, absolutely it's kind of because like when i was younger and i watched film while i was getting into it it was like i took the film at face value you know, like yeah. I, either I, there's things that I was nitpicky about, like this doesn't make sense or whatever. But as like I progressed in like really watching a lot of films is that it's more so about um, look at what the director was trying to intend. Like what was, what were they trying to convey? And then you can critique them based on their execution yeah. of that intention. Exactly. Right, right. That's when I had that like epiphany, mm-hmm. like everything just started like making so much more sense. Yeah, light switch comes on. You know. Mm-hmm. So on my my final thoughts about like Spielberg and Kubrick. Spielberg, um he's like I said before, like he's pure cinema. He he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a great director, always solid, knows how to to really... My biggest kudos to him is that he really knows how to cohesively convey um, a story to the audience, no matter who you are, whether you'd be a child or an elderly person, and anything in between. You know, like, you can really... Um, like, you can, you'll always walk out of a Spielberg film and say... Oh yeah, it's about this and this, and I liked this and this about it, and I think that's a that's a that's an incredibly hard thing to do, because as you know, us here as uh, amateur filmmakers, we know how hard it is to really just actually like just try to convey as much on the screen mm-hmm. as we can, you know. But Spielberg, he just knows what to do, like he knows instinct. the beats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he knows how to do beats. He he. He's really great rhythmically, you know. What I'll say about Kubrick is that this is why I think I prefer Kubrick over uh, Spielberg is that Kubrick is able to somehow make a film that is cohesive but ambiguous as well, not going too much towards avant-garde stuff but not too much exposition to where it's childlike, you know, and being able to somehow like walk that tightrope between having the audience meet you there and like leaving things in ambiguity is like, I don't know how you can do that because you watch art house films. It's like, this is stupid. Like this is too much. This is too much, um, it's too personal. It's too, it's too much on the artist, you know, like he's like, you get frustrated cause you don't know what the artist is trying to convey. Right. Yeah. But Kubrick 
it's like you're with you're with them there. You know, you're with them like in this mystery of of uh, the universe, and you're just like pondering what he was trying to convey, and it just sticks with you so long. And I just don't know how anyone is able to walk that line, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I truly respect about Kubrick, and it's just that's what I took from the season, like watching all of his films. That was mm-hmm. the main idea I got from all of them. So yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, this season has given me a lot more respect for for each director Mm -hmm. and kind of kind of where i was at when kind of the where this podcast where the season began with me and you kind of arguing about who the better (laughs) director was my in my mind i and, and i can just now kind of verbalize this kind of after the season and everything in my mind i i think spielberg is a better director personally i think kubrick is better artist because what great art does is it conveys ideas and it allows you to extrapolate and take things away from that. Um, and you can interpret things from that. There's more, a lot more interpretation there. Spielberg to me is a better director because every medium of art has its own language, its own kind of way to convey ideas and tell a story. Storytelling is a big aspect of that. Uh, and I think that Spielberg, like cinema is his second language. Like he just speaks it. Like he knows how to convey exactly like, like what you said, like exactly what he wants to. That's personally why I think he's a better director. Um, Cause he kind of speaks that language, but I don't know, man, like both are like, like I hey, said, like Kubrick's a better artist. I'll, and... I'll meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you halfway. It's just like what we said before. I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. Spielberg makes you feel and Kubrick makes you think. Mm-hmm. And which one do you, which, which do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, I'm, I'm, on, one the, is bad. I'm on the yeah. feel side, you know, like that's, that's, that's what I want out of feel. stories. And that's not to take away from, that's not to take away from a great story that makes you think, mm-hmm. but the best stories to me, the ones that stick with me the longest are the ones that made me feel something. Mm-hmm. And that's personally why I think Spielberg, you know, that's my pick. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys? I, well, I guess we already. <laughs> <are, laughs> <are, laughs> I guess that's the final thought. Great, well, mo- yeah. great motion and great emotion makes something cinematic. So, mm-hmm. And cool. don't put good. think and feel together because you get something like AI and it's just not. <laughs> I'm thinking too much and yeah. I'm feeling too much and I don't know. <laughs> or you're thinking too little and not feeling too much either, which is probably what AI yeah. was. But anyways, man, it was a great season. I'm so happy to have uh, done this. It was a lot of fun, even though yeah. even though uh, Spielberg uh, is not as good as Kubrick. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but no i'm i uh i know we always joke around a lot but it was a it was a great experience learned a lot about filmmaking Mm -hmm. um yeah um, i mean in into brian's point before how you learned mm -hmm. to critique i feel like Mm -hmm. uh doing this has like taught me how to critique movies because like exactly if there was like an idea that i knew what the fuck i was doing before this i didn't i guarantee it like like doing this has definitely taught me how like like adam said like uh kind of the director's intention and how much power that has over what you're seeing and things like that so um yeah i mean i've learned i've learned a ton yeah it was just great like just you know having an excuse to to watch these films that we love and really getting deep into and Mm -hmm. having like 
you know, friends and uh, talking about these films. Like, you know, you don't, you know, like most um, most times when you just hang out with friends, you just drink and you just talk about what's new or some shit like that. But this is like a great way to socialize for me personally. Like, I mm-hmm. love doing this. Like, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, hell yeah, man! It's a it's a blast. I can't mm-hmm. wait to. Oh, Come back next season. Are yeah. we gonna? Are we gonna? Oh, awesome. we next season. Is it spoiler? I don't think Snyder. Reveal. No, no you want to? Yeah. Let's do. No, no. Yeah, let's let's wait. Let's but we off. do have some treats before season two. Yeah. So, so treats, yeah. If you actually um, listen. Announcement time. So there are going to be a couple of. Uh, what we'll call bonus episodes, bonus, bonus, um, that have uh, all have nothing to do with directors. <laughs> um, well, I mean, they were made by directors, obviously, they're movies, uh, but they're kind of just uh, a couple of one-offs, um, yeah. just fun little they're, episodes. They're based on a on a certain novel. Yeah, by Push, by Precious, Precious, based on the novel. <laughs> yeah. Push. Are y'all gonna watch that movie? Yep. Oh yeah, we are. (laughs) So get ready. Yeah. For the showdown (laughs) of the book versus the film. So no, we're not gonna read this fucking book. And then uh, we're also gonna be doing the classic animated film Shrek. Wow. And we're gonna face them against each other. Which is I just made that up just now. It's the greatest idea. V. Precious, 2017. Tweet us. Movie. Tweet us at Sticker Fridge. Yep. Tell yep. us which one is your favorite. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it Sapphire by Push novel or is it? <laughs> based off of the conference. <laughs> off of the off of Precious. Shrek. Also Shrek. based on the novel <laughs> Push. Push by Sapphire. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fun. That's awesome. We're gonna, gonna we're awesome. gonna because we're gonna turn off our fucking brains now. And we're gonna have we're gonna have a good have time. Some fun. Then we're gonna awesome. dive back in on season two in maybe a month or so. Watch the movie Push. Oh, just just by. push the, the like fake <laughs> the Chris ass Evans one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this I, is I not want to see that but um, yeah, guys, I think it's gonna do it for season one. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, thank you to Brian and John for being on. Yeah, the, dude, thanks for you guys. Time. You guys have really any uh, any plugs there? Yeah, plug some shit. Fan films, fan films, movie club podcast. Let's check it out. We're all on it. Yeah, all yeah, of us. Like this really. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen to the awfully addicting Sticker Fridge podcast, um, fan films, and Director Showdown. Um, if you guys like movie sequels, I also host another podcast called Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sequel. Um, that's pretty fun. It's also on iTunes. Hellboy Two. Hellboy Two is coming pretty uh, soon. Escape from LA, bro. <laughs> Escape from LA is coming pretty soon, and also a director showdown crossover is coming pretty soon. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. That's right. Hey, that's right. We should do that uh, as a bonus episode. I think. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it'll yeah. probably be released as a co thing if you guys want to. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. yeah, yeah um, of course. Twenty ten, um, the year we make contact would probably be the episode. So that's gonna be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, do you have any shit to plug? Oh no, just um, co- uh Control C, Control V, everyone else's uh, statements. Yeah. Um, sure. Also, I have an Instagram, relativistic uncertainty, and you can. I have a blog too that's by the same name. So check it out. Uh, yeah. I mean, Brent watches movies. Mm-hmm. This is my blog. I'm gonna write up uh, Guardians: The Galaxy Two. Oh, cool. Um, pretty soon. So that'll be cool. Uh, other than that, I think that's gonna do it, guys. Yeah. So uh, let us know your thoughts if you guys like this, like the uh, the season, the, um, the director showdown. Let us know like who you like better, Kubrick or Spielberg. 
Um, yeah, it was a great time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, see ya. <laughs>